the Protect Your Neck Podcast, UFC Vegas 68 and Bellator 290 Breakdown. Picks, plays, and whatever else comes our way. Let's go to work. Protect Your Neck Podcast, that's the show I host uh, on my channel here, Daniel Tom, or it should be Dan Tom MMA, I, I changed that over the break, I know uh, coming in late, better late than never to join you guys, we'll be doing some breakdown for UFC Vegas 68 and Bellator 290, if you're listening in the future, 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 check the timestamps, which aren't up now if you're listening live, thanks guys, hi everybody, uh, feel free to pile into the chat, give it a like, just uh, grateful if anybody's here to hang out, so thank you guys, appreciate it. Um, yeah, we're going to do that. Uh, check the timestamps for that. I'm going to catch up. Part of the reason I wanted to get this out um, is because I just didn't want to uh, leave you guys hanging. was going to do a show last week, but was getting my computer fixed. And guess what? Um, knock on wood, I did because sure enough, uh, my Apple warranty from when I bought this thing pre-pandemic uh, 2020, just I guess it was like a three-year warranty, so it just expired. So I'd be SOL if I couldn't figure it out myself, but I was able to rid the viruses, uh, clear the memories, do the cleanup. Don't know why I'm talking like I'm the German. What's the matter, Tommy? The Germans are coming. Um, but yeah, uh, I was able to get stuff done. So um, no, not on Stitcher and SoundCloud yet, though I appreciate those of you listening in Apple Podcasts. Uh, you know, the five-star ratings and reviews definitely help. And for what it's worth, um, uh, listeners of the, of, of the program, uh, perhaps fellow analysts, analysts that I respect uh, from a property that I respect, actually offered some help with some with some things in that regard. So your boy may be getting that done uh, sooner than later. Um, and yeah, so I wanted to recap that, uh, do a brief recap of me, myself, and Irene, which is mainly just blowing past me and the uh, myself and Irene being myself MMA and. I don't know. Uh, Irene being all the crazy outside of the stuff, which we don't really usually cover, but there are some things that I do want to touch, which are actually um, not all negative, and some actually in conjunction with some shouts that I wanted to give. As you guys know, I usually do my shout section. Um, if we have enough time, if it's not getting too long, depending how long it is, I'll do a quick Amazon read, though I really don't deserve any type of... Uh Shouts myself, really, to be honest, uh, for monetizations or like uh, for the videos or for the uh, um, little click-through links. These are the ways that uh, they don't really pay the bills. They're they're beer money at best, but there's something you know for 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 uh, someone who uh, is a one-man show that's been doing this free program here for what what's it been? It's over over half a decade. I think this show where we hit six years. I forget. We it was Ronda Rout is a recap of Ronda Rousey. Um, uh, Holly Holm, no, Holly Holm, uh, Nunes Holm, shit, I don't even remember anymore, folks, yeah, it was like a recap, like the end of 2016, the beginning of 2017 is when this podcast started, it's free, plan on being free, um, no shade to anybody who has Patreons, uh, and I will shout those who do, actually, the, the MMA Vivisection, 
you know, it's so hard. I complain about, like, you know, I don't know how people do it, you know. And granted, the answer is, you know, um, responsible time management as well as help. And maybe not, you know, having, you know, um, abrasive OCD, ADD, and Tourette's. And I mean by all those things, mainly the OCD and ADD or ADHD, whatever you want to call it. It's the thing that everybody says they have, but, you know, even though it is more common and perhaps there is a lot of truth to people saying they have that, it's one of those things like, oh, I'm super OCD about this, but it's like, no, man, you don't really know uh, OCD. Be glad that you don't. It's not fun. Um, so, you know, perhaps it's some of those things that I tend not to like to use as an excuse, but as I get older, I realize it's probably healthier to acknowledge things and to just have this like bootstrap grit through the blood and like, I don't got time to bleed, uh, attitude like you're, you're, you're fucking, you know, uh, Jesse Ventura from Predator and shit, you know, just often the attitude of my gender, my generation, so forth and, and so on. So yeah, um, it's tough, man. So I, I do want to tip my hats to people who, who, who can do that and, and Zane and Connor, um, who I'm going to shout here for Connor inviting me on Heavy Hands with Phil McKenzie, of course. Uh, they're kind of a little triad over there on Bloody Elbow. All these are connected shouts that I'll get to here too for. Um, but yeah, like there are, are Patreons and, and things that are, are, are worth it. You know, I'm, I'm not telling you where to put your money, God forbid. Right? Especially with everything going on. I just tweet the warning. Don't give your money out to strangers, kids. And then um, people insist on doing so. Uh, but I can't tell you what to do. Uh, you're your own adults out there. But at the same time, you know, if I can try to shout the good people, and it's hard because, you know, like, who is who is good in this space, right? It's 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 been a crazy space. <laughs> like, well, what is, you know, uh, good, there's bad, there's well-meaning, but, you know, maybe not great. Uh, there's a lot of those things. And, um, man, you know, I, I don't care what Dana White says. Uh, any of us can fall victim to... Um, to that, so you know, it almost makes me careful who I want to shout out these days. You know, especially you know, you guys can kind of get what I'm talking about if you're in gambling Twitter, which I don't even try to stay up in the drama and got like sucked in on a week off, which really pissed me off. Um, uh, you know, I didn't want to give it air, but at the same time, you know, me, I'm, I'm too transparent for my own good. So you know, um, you know, uh, if anybody asks about that, I, I, I'll, I, I, I'll answer and get into it, of course. But like, yeah, just. Pretty much, you know, I didn't watch any of the multiple apology videos that were done. Just, I'll just say this: be careful who the who the who the the, the hell you give your money to. Um, and as I'm trying to be careful who I shout, but gun in my head, we're gambling. She's a gambling show, right? You know, I'd say you know, I, you get minus five hundred or Zane and Connor weirdos like myself. Fuck yeah, minus five hundred, minus minus seven thousand, right? But at the same time, I'd probably go minus five hundred. That you know. Um, they're good dudes over there, uh, and all my experiences have been great with those dudes. So, uh, in the section, I just really want to give them um, a shout, as well as Connor and Phil McKenzie, the Heavy Hands Podcast, a much better, more successful podcast than this that you guys should be listening to already. So I feel silly shouting, but um, honestly, it doesn't matter if they had like two listeners. Phil and Connor are just genuinely cool dudes who I enjoy talking to and listening to. It's one of the one of the one of the few MMA podcasts I can still listen to on my dessert list after my work is done. Um, and I suggest you put it on some kind of list of yours for listening shipping and give it a shot. Not telling you what to like again, folks, but uh, heavy hands, man. Wanted to give them a shout. Uh, as well as anything uh, that my man Ant Walker over on SureDog is. Just spread the love around, you know. Um, of course, Ant Walker MMA joined me last two weeks ago. We did a, uh, a live commentary. Let me know what you guys thought of that. I know it was a little tough, probably live, because we were behind and I'm having to get resynced. 
Um, so I apologize for that. But again, silver lining there is at least we're not spoiling it. And, you know, not to be, you know, you know, like, not to have the Dana White answer, but if you don't, want, you don't like it, don't watch it. Um, which is, you know, again, part and parcel. Uh, you know, <laughs> my viewerships are not much better than what he's... He's trying to fucking shove down people's throats, and I'm trying not to give uh, any any air to, so I will purposely uh, not mention that, as I've been trying to not mention that, if you notice, on <clears throat> on Twitter. I just don't even want to give life to it, you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like even if like, I wrote, like, a, a piece, an opinion piece or whatever, giving my, my thoughts on it, it's like, A, I would just feel mas- masturbatory, because that's how I feel about everything, cause my self-deprecating wiring. But also, I feel like I would do more harm than good, because I'd just be giving the shit more life. Um, but yeah, um, if you want to give more life, whether it's both your opinions or support, obviously, uh, viewership, um, let me know what you think of those live watches. I think they maybe are better for afterwards if you're like, I don't know, I, I consider myself a nerd, obviously, right? But like, uh, like not, not even I'll go back and like sync up, like whether it's like a, a, a again, shout to the, uh, uh, Zane and those guys, Connor and, and Phil, like I, I won't queue up a depressus if I'm listening to that for example um, people who have done like past fight commentary watch along things like fight site guys I end up on my feed I was kind of like play it in the background because I like listening to people's takes and stuff while the fights are going on like so if you guys dig that let me know I'm gonna keep trying to do that it's it's it is just it is really tough though folks it is really tough because the UFC of course you know it's gonna be like almost a hundred bu- bucks a pop to, to be watching these things you know and you include the monthlies that they're already charging you for your subscription rate um, as we continue to be priced out of MMA, something that you know was early talks about. I'm not going to pretend I was the first to be talking about any of this, but yes, amongst the many problems going on in the scene is uh, raising prices. So it's tough, man. It's like whether you know, um, uh, f- you know, peek inside the curtain. Um, I've already talked to Ant and stuff, but like uh, he's definitely going to be back for those. Um, uh, and and you know w- w- when he can't make it and, and I, I still want to get down on one of course I would use that as a happy excuse to, to rotate you know and, and and use other people as well but regardless of the combination it's almost like you know especially with me like being conscientious like I don't even like that's why I don't charge and I don't even like plugging these weird small free like click through things that's like really cheap ways to support that doesn't cost you an extra dime so to speak right I even feel weird about that and again especially after all the MMA gambler Twitter drama. Like I even feel bad about freaking putting the monetization video, uh, you know, check on any of my, you know, low accruing videos, right? Um, you know, um, and again, not to not not to be a hater, but it's just like, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm not even gonna get into it. Um, I'm fine. I'm I'm happy with you guys here. Uh, but yeah, like uh, it, w- a, a realization was. Um, sorry guys, I'll be rounding the corner here too. There's just a lot of thoughts, and this is why I don't like doing podcasts. Like. Uh, you know, out of sync and like missing a week and stuff because there's so many thoughts that just go will fall through my fingertips and won't get you know not that you guys need to be hearing it not that this show needs to be any longer uh, but you know it, it, everything gets a bit disjointed as you can see so apologies there but yeah back to the price hikes um, amidst many problems with the UFC models and business models uh, it's again you're not just like pressing out fan bases but it's like okay so if I ask somebody you know, uh, to jump on, it's like you're asking them to commit, you know, to the pay-per-views. Now, there are, you know, other watching situations, and of course I'm not referring to anything illegal. Of course I'm referring to those of you who live in, uh, you know, regions where you don't have to eat that same bill, so to speak, good on you. Not hating. Hope it stays that way for you. Um, 
but yeah like it's like it it just it's so inconveniencing to even just like cover or like to do your job you know um you know i, I i'm lucky enough to you know be able to um, expense these things which wasn't always the case uh write these things off you know also on the back end for the tax time of course but like i don't take that for granted and it's not like it's uh you know it's not like uh you know i i don't feel that either or or see that so it's it's a little it's a little uh concerning moving forward uh, as far as that goes but as far as the content goes let me know what you guys think uh, I'm, again i gotta buy these things and cover them anyways so i'm definitely not complaining uh f selfishly here for my sake it's more for just the you know the general the general uh the gander um, but yeah, man, it's just the MMA business model, which brings me to uh, wrapping up the shouts here at MMAI underscore analytics, who apparently listens to this show. Uh, it always blows me by mind. Again, back to self-deprecating Dan here. Um, like nothing, no better greater respect. Again, another reason why I'm not really lying when I say, it's, uh, you know, not I'm not really you know trying to push for your money because honestly, what, what what means more is respect. And uh, people you respect, like respect your work, or much less take the time, whatever reason, to let me in your <clears throat> air, air, mental airwaves. But uh, that's always appreciated. And uh, I finally got a chance over this break to catch up with the MMA I, just M M M uh, M M A uh, I, the letter I, not Jessica I, uh, M M A, the letter I, uh, on YouTube. His channel should come up. You should subscribe to it. And again, um, on Twitter, he is at. M-M-A-I underscore analytics. I'm going to get to the chat here. I see you guys, by the way. I appreciate y'all chiming in there. Um, but yeah, give him a follow. Great videos, of course. He did stuff on the Kraus betting stuff. Um, and, and he just talks on, on, on a lot of topics that he went and branched out as far as his like three-part series video on like MMA management. And all these things kind of touch on the UFC business model. And again, I'm not going to claim to be the first to be talking about any of these things. But... I do love seeing it because it really validated a lot of the things that I've been saying to you guys on this show for years. Again, I'm not first. I'm not bumping my chest that way. I'm certainly not the best to put into words and explain these kind of things, right? Not saying that, but I have been, you know, banging these these drums, so to speak, for a while. I, you know, I think I even tweeted the other day, and I, I even tweeted like evergreen tweet. Um, where it was just, you know, whatever soup du jour, why is the UFC putting this middleweight or heavyweight or light heavyweight fight? Um, and again, on this podcast, on my Quick Picks and Prognostications article, which is half of it's me just talking shit to the UFC matchmakers card formatting. Um, but yeah, like uh, stuff that I've said where like your default evergreen answer for everything is, uh, the answer to everything is contract issues and serving the content quotas. Really, that's all it is. It's to, to meet contracts to protect themselves, you know, from any kind of contract breaches on their end, right? Getting these people fights, not really caring what it is. It's cool. They want to fight. They need the money. Uh, we need to give them their contracts done. And that also feeds the content master, right? Again, this is something that, that plenty of us have been talking about. And again, it's totally cool if you guys don't don't care, especially the MMA betters out there. You, you guys are the ones mainly who are just like, give it to me every week because that's chances to make money every week. I get that. And, I, and sadly, that's one of the few ways to motivate my ass these uh, these days, to, you know, the, to, to get through some of these cards sometimes. Uh, but even that, you know, burnout is, it can be burnout. And I will warn you guys, for those of you who complain when there's no, nothing going on in the week, 
and even more so those of you who complain and come at people like me for our opinions, um, I don't want to see any of y'all complaining about the UFC's really piss poor strength of schedule that, that they've opened up this year with. Which is nothing new, but even for their level of not caring, it's just like, wow, you guys really don't care, you know? Hence the, you know, them trumping their horns of like, oh, we're the first to open up sports, we brought back sports, and then, you know, now everybody's back and they are just clearly, you know, um, even people who support them in every which way, people who work for the promotion, who, you know, are quote-unquote company men, even like those people are like you know uh, saying like what what the hell what the hell they're they're openly voicing their criticism you know which again I, I'm trying not to even go to Dana's uh, white power slap uh, posts but one of my favorite thing about going and reading the comments is like seeing all like the American flag like clearly mogged out people that are, should be all for weaponizing these things as a culture war to own the libs even if they don't give a shit and even if it's meaningless uh, even those people are like. Yo, Dana, what the fuck, man? <laughs> those are my favorite. Those are my favorite comments, by the way. Um, but yeah, like, you know, I, I think it should be apparent to everybody by now is that again, it's totally cool if you guys want UFC every week. But this is what not just me, uh, not just Luke Thomas as well. Many of us have been warning you guys for years. This was coming, and now it's here in full force. And now, not only is it here, but like, you know. Uh, UFC slash Dana matchmakers brass are just really digging their heel in like they don't give a fuck man we'll let the we'll let the heavyweight the baddest man in the world walk you, again you guys saw my that's still pinned to my profile at Dan Tom MMA um, over here uh, on Twitter uh, look at all the insane talent outside of the UFC and like half of that half of that list without any agenda was like flyweight so to see people criticizing, saying flyweight is not deep enough, which there are some truths to that with the UFC, even though they're getting better. It's it's technically it's as big as it's been, possibly since its inception and their quiet rebuild. Um, I didn't get a chance to look at the Asian flyweight talent. Spoiler alert. Of course, I'll be honest with you guys on what I did and didn't get to. But like, I heard some people criticize of it, like they're not too excited about it, and it, and it bums me out because again, that's why I'm so grateful. And I'm so glad, and I wish I had more time to dedicate um, to outside the UFC talent. And I encourage all of you to just pick a promotion and like dedicate some time to it. Uh, whether you just want to be the hipster that knows about people beforehand, or or get the early, you know, betting angles and edges or not. Like honestly, if you just enjoy combat sports, if that's why you guys are here and listening to me, especially, like please go do that. Like. Again, I am really happy for uh, people like Laura Sanko and the UFC getting well-deserved opportunities. There's plenty of talented people and good people that work in front and behind the camera, especially behind the house of the UFC, that deserve our sympathy and our respect. Um, so I'm really careful to not just broad bust shit on the UFC and to really just keep it to actual valid criticisms, which I, I believe I do. But you can't pretend. I don't care where you stand on your fandom for the UFC. You cannot pretend that they are here for to make the matchups that fans want to make. Remember, again, one of uh, that was even longer, obviously, than the pandemic. That one went over like a decade. Dana used that to build the sport. We make the fights fans want to see. It's like what we're we're trying to grow the sport worldwide. 
Nothing is better than a live audience. It's like, well, why aren't we doing live audiences? Why are we, I mean, don't get me started on the Asian thing. I don't even think it's an, an anti-Asian thing, by the way, despite, you know, obviously I'm not, I'm not shy to criticize the UFC and their poor track record. But, uh, but yeah, it, it could have been, you know, Poland, whatever, uh, road to Poland, road, you know, uh, road to Krakow or something, you know, it, was, uh, it didn't matter. They're, they're, they were going to fly them here and consolidate packages um, because they save that much money, even when it comes to flying people. Uh, halfway across the world. I mean, yeah, it's not like they're, it's not like they're, you know, they probably, they probably cost more to get their medicals and, and flying them out than they are paying for it. And as sad as that is, I could also see, you know, Dana or UFC exec using that as an excuse going, look, look how much we pay. We, we pay more than we pay them for their contracts just to, just to facilitate them, to give them an opportunity to be a star. You want us to give more? Right? Like, you could totally see them, like, like spinning it that way. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just gross, and I want to shout out MMAI for just, um, I don't know, making a lot of us feel less crazy. And I know he has his own that I've seen catch fire, which is great, uh, and I want to credit him. But as far as him him comparing UFC's business model to the Netflix model, saying they're the Netflix of UFC. And that's the truth, you know. Again, look at the talent outside the UFC. Look at the talent at the very top and the baddest man on the planet. Look how they're um, structuring their cards. And... Shout out to my guy Mike Bond bringing bringing up the dramatic, um, disproportionate promotion for White Power Slap as opposed to a pay per view event with a super fight, uh, with the number one versus number two pound for pound. Regardless if you agree with that, I definitely agree with the number one in that equation. Volk, um, obviously, Makachev is right there and held that that there for many for a reason. Um, so no no disrespect here, but like yeah like. So even when they actually do get it right and stop fucking headlining fights with like um, heavyweights and light heavyweights, like they're drowning us that out with that on, on the fight nights. By the way, to the fact that like I don't care what you think about WMMA, um, the fact that so many of us are actually excited to see like uh, you know just a change. You know what I'm saying? What, what did they announce? Was it Blanchfield or Santos? Again, say what you will about WMMA, those fighters or whatever. It's a lighter weight fight. It's a lighter weight class being featured on a fight night, and it's actual meaningful fighters toward their division, meaningfully ranked fighters. Like that is that alone, lighter weight class, meaningful fight, vacant from almost all main cards these days, right? I mean, it's just stacked with all the middleweight, light heavyweight, and heavyweight slosh that you never asked for. And when again, when they do occasionally do it right, and we get the prime division that you know again why is it why, why do we never see lightweight fights on main cards even in pay-per-views where they stack it up it's so rare right you know i know it's not as disproportionate with the growth and i believe maintenance of the lightweight division but i got to imagine it's still 200 plus of their what six to seven hundred roster why the hell is a bulletproof goddamn division not being featured more and when we finally feature the best Makhachev defending against pound for pound number one, moving back up to a division that he's fought in before, both in and out of the UFC. That is 155 Volkanovski. They still managed to fuck it up. God, I'm gonna end this right here. But if it, it's never been more clear that the UFC does not give a shit about the fans or about the fighters, and that's sad because that's what fuels it. You know, say what you will about the fans. There's definitely. Uh, uh, a distinct crap crop of that. Say what you will about 
fighters and their whatever you disagree with outside of the octagon, whatever you want to, whatever your tiff is, the fact is they're the life force that should be you know respected for different reasons. Obviously, fighters first and foremost, but that's what fuels this thing, and that's who we're pricing out with the way we're paying or asking people to pay. Um, and that's who uh, that's who's, who's getting stuck with the bills. So can't you really I'm just I'm just saying that the sky is blue folks so hopefully no one gets all up in my mentions for this one but that, that that's just the way it is what's going on everybody in here gonna move on after I say what's up to the chat we got ghost phantom in the house what's up ghost phantom uh you excited to talk about this horror card from LFA at the apex yeah we're gonna get to it here in a second I gotta get a bathroom break sign because I'm probably gonna have to do that to you folks here um in a in a second so uh apologies um on that uh, we got com a chronic combat conversations my guys yes it's party time happy you're feeling better yeah man my my eye was uh, uh I was get was bothering me I I could barely see yesterday I was getting blurry it's kind of worrying me it's clearing up headache stuff's going away who knows what the heck it is probably shouldn't be hanging out here with lights blasting in my eyes but I'm here for you guys uh, look at that I put it on you guys I'm just kidding that's a dick move uh no I'm I'm here because I want to be here so and I, and I appreciate you guys being here so definitely not putting it on you guys uh james kendrick uh, are you also covering bellator yeah unfortunately only bellator is the better card unfortunately i'm only going to be covering the top two fights and i will give you a fight that i uh parlayed in with that um that i very did, did not run through the dan tom comb admittedly that's my only bellator play was just a chalk parlay the parlay is knock on wood we'll see i, I despite uh, just being a, technically a loser on every event and a loser overall um, I think I've hit parlays every 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 betting week so far, which is not me because I don't normally parlay because they usually don't hit, and those are the things that are hitting because bad bets cash all the time, folks. So we'll we'll get to that. And uh, old heavyweight versus even older heavyweight, as Jack Slack says. Yes, yes, I think I saw that tweet as well. Um, yeah, it bums me out. Bellator is actually not as great of a card, or no, I mean Bellator is a better card, arguably. I think. Um, I don't even think it's that much of an argument, but point is i you know aside from the two in-depths which i gave the in-depth treatments to bellator for their title fights um this podcast mainly does ufc because that's what the market mainly demands right and um uh i also do my ufc main card write-ups as mandatory to get to get paid folks so of course that's where um my main uh focus is going to be on for this uh card here um Eh, 25 minutes so the chat and all that stuff. Rain Lamina, don't be silly. Jump the gilly. The Yoel Romero of wearing a sombrero. My man Rain Lamina in the chat. What's going on? Crumbopolis Rosen. I'm a Jack Slack Patreon member. Will you ever have the Slack Master on the PYN? Uh, even though he is not a better? Um, I don't really hear or see Slack doing doing stuff with people. So I my self-deprecation would definitely not want to be the first person to ask. Uh, and, you know, and, uh, you know, we follow each other. Uh, you know, I, I assume that means he respects me. I definitely respect him. So, like, I, I'd be down. But I don't think Jack Slack does those sort of things. Um, and uh, nor does he need to, man. He, he's doing well. I'd, I Again, I'd obviously be down. But, uh, it, I, you know, I don't think he really does that. And I don't blame him, to be honest. I don't blame him. Um, just kidding. Uh, James Kendrick, uh, someone said uh, this on Drake's pod. But power S thing 
is being fused with the UFC is bad. Yeah, it is. He said it's not wrong if people like it, but don't fuse it. it, it yeah, unfortunately, and that's the that's the that's the unfortunate part too is they're run too thin, and I, and because they make the people who don't like necessarily like the product, folks. But again, it's how they get paid. You know, they signed up to work at the UFC, and now all of a sudden it's like, well, I got to do this contender series and do double duty. And, and you know, whether you're media or you're UFC working, you feel it, and which sucks because it's like I can't imagine the burnout they must have or feel, you know, going year around like this. And now you've got another double duty time because now you're gonna have uh, and you know the White Power League, Slap League, or whatever, um, going on. Uh, so like, yeah, like I. I, again, as much as we like to throw stones at the UFC, I, I very much sympathize uh, for the people that have to have all this extra BS work on their plate. Um, and back to promotion, you know, that it, it affects the promotion too. So there's that. Uh, Samuel Negrete, hey, Dan, Friday show. I like it. All right, cool. I appreciate you here, man. All right. Olivia Wenyu, hi, Dan, Chinese fan here. I've worked with other Chinese MMA fighters from the UFC this past year by attending to their daily needs. Oh, that's awesome. One of the ways to watch is the app Migu, which is only 2.30 per month. Are you are you advertising here, uh, over here, uh, Olivia Wenyu? Um, but I understand being Chinese, uh, UFC is all the fights for free, but I understand being Chinese is not only looked highly upon in the US as a Chinese person myself understands i'm not sure what you meant by that but uh judging by some balloon news uh popularity is not getting any better man <laughs> popularity is not getting any better i'm just uh just i don't even know i don't even want to know um all right uh let's see ghost phantom dan are you familiar with chris pernell he covers a lot of asian mma very small prom promotions and he gives full coverage for it. No, but I'm glad you're giving him a shout, and uh, I'll have to go check him out, and uh, hopefully people uh, on this uh, feed check him out. Chucky Baby. Um, who you like, Jan, or his words, boring-ass Marab. I, I like Marab, man. Um, in that fight, yeah, we'll, we'll have to see. Uh, I don't even know the line, man, to be honest. Um, I got to imagine it's going to be close, and people aren't too high on Jan. Uh gun in my head right now I'd, I'd, I'd probably have to pick Jan, uh, lean toward Jan but I wouldn't give a pick without actually going through it because you guys know me I'll come out feeling completely different right so um alright you can't uh, Jerry Harper my man let's go Dan what's up what's up Jerry how's it going apologies I'm not getting you guys all I'm going to try to double back here and push forward now um, all right, we got the shots out of the way. That's all good. Um, and yeah, uh, shout out to my to, to my guys over at Bloody Elbow if that wasn't all um, clear before. I think Heavy Hands is their own feed, but Vivisection is on that feed still. I'm not sure what's going on, but um, we definitely need out outlets that hold people uh, that hold people accountable and stuff. And uh, yeah, man, um, everyone I've I've worked with over there has been nothing but quality and I just wanted to give them a shout and uh, it's another reason folks again like if whether it's like a podcast you like a media it doesn't have to be a media person right like just like a podcast be like a gambling show it doesn't have to be this gambling show obviously it could be whoever right like go support those people you know go support the smaller promotions like you know um, do the like your money's probably better better spent there to be honest your money and time I should say because not everything costs money thankfully 
Um, but yeah, all right. Um, I'm gonna do a uh, recap here. 30, 50, 57. We'll do uh, UFC 283. I'm gonna try to get through this as quick as possible. Uh, I know it's old news already anyways. It's all cold uh, leftovers. Uh, I obviously skipped it last week to fix my computer and figured that doing a recap on Heavy Hands, a much more popular show anyways, I figured you guys would get your, I don't know, is, is Dan Tom fix a thing? God, it shouldn't be. Whatever you want to call it. I figured you could have got it there. So I'll give you the official one here for now. Um, we went 10-5 and five overall, 1-0 and oh in the parlay, 0-2 oh straight, 0-1 oh totals, 1-2 and two in props, one and four in the round robin, which of course meant nothing. Slash zero oh and one in the long shot parlay. Uh, Jamal, Jamal, bolt the door if you're coming in. Hill uh, defeated Glover Teixeira. Uh, one note I mentioned: if you guys were watching on the uh, live uh, or yeah, or or listened post to the uh, alternate live commentary with me and Aunt Walker, I was talking how impressed I was with. Uh, Hill's grounded pound, the way he was pinning wrists, and I, I'm mad at myself for not bringing it up on heavy hands, that was one of the, the main and only things I could think of that I really meant to bring up that I didn't bring up, but I wanted to note that here, that was really cool um, and uh, we had uh, Brandon Moreno defeated Davison Figueredo um, yeah, third round TKO, again, uh, I had money on it, I, I, I had the over obviously, and uh I obviously wasn't complaining about it. Not a bad beat. No complaints here. Uh, didn't complain live. Not complaining post. Um, it was a hook. I called it live that it was a hook. And uh, eye safety is, uh, again, I I don't need to go through it myself, which I recently did. Um, but uh, to keep the same energy, which, of course, I will anyways. But, yeah, eye health is super important, man. So, you know, that would have probably taken me over if uh, that would have hit. But, again, uh, I'm not complaining because, uh, you know what, uh, you know, uh, I don't know anybody who bet that fight who could have been confident. Um, I saw a lot of people betting that fight and cashing and good on those people, but that was a fight where it was like, you can't really bet and be confident. So, like, if I won, which, again, you guys should know me by now, this isn't a far-fetched thing to believe. I definitely wouldn't have been bumping my chest about it. Um, and happy for people that hit it, because I'm not hating. Because, again, folks, um, I hit a parlay, which had legs that shouldn't have hit, which we'll, we'll get to very shortly. Um, but like I say, bad bets cash all the time. And like, I'm not hating on other people because this is actually a perfect example of it. I'm actually the example of it. Like I look back at these bets and I'm like, was there any really like bad bets? And I was like, you know, I'm like, I couldn't really feel too bad about the bets that I missed because they weren't like terrible. I kept my money where my mouth is as far as the value dipping down for the discount of the over. Otherwise I wasn't going to play it, but it did dip. So I put my money where my mouth is because that's how I roll folks. You know me. Um, but the only really like if I were to be critical of, of the bad bets that I placed in this card were like the ones that cashed so again I, I'm not hating on anybody it just further proves that point that like how volatile this game gets and I think I heard this from actually Johnny the Greek man so shout out to Johnny Johnny but like uh, bad bets cash all the time and like you don't need to hear that from me just go look at your timeline I don't know who you're following but I just get you if you're betting on MMA you are making bad bets um, myself included folks so again, I'm not hating on anybody here uh, when I say these things, because again, this 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 week that I'm talking about, or this last week, or whatever, uh, perfect example of that uh, right here. Uh, Gilbert Burns defeated Neil Magny, um, first round uh, submission. Jessica Andrade defeated Lauren Murphy uh, via unanimous decision. I feel for inside the distance betters there. Um, it should have been stopped. I know everybody was coming down on the corner. 
and again um, when you're there real time it does feel different folks I can't say that um, but at the same time even though I, I'm a big fan of my guy Sean Madden I think he you know he, he's an excellent coach and you know I know it's gonna sound crazy because you know he's a part of a corner that's being examined for not stopping a fight but listening to him talk about fighters and stuff uh, in the corners he just seems like a guy who genuinely like, cares about his fighters and stuff um, so I definitely don't I want to acknowledge that whilst not giving them a pass but I will say this and it's not because anybody in the corner I know or anything like that this is keeping the same energy if you want to rewind the tape to things I've said before in these situations it's not that I don't blame the corners at all they should be held to account as well but I do blame them less slash maybe that's not the correct word I expect less from them whether that's correct or not I'm just being honest I expect less from them in that regard um, I know corners will some corners will argue this I, I, obviously fighter safety is and should be a part of their job but even though I am team fighter safety and they should be looking out for their fighters that doesn't mean there aren't other job tasks and yes winning the fight encouraging your fighter getting them in a positive mental space even things were going bad Offering them things to avoid damage, which they were not even just between second round from the first round they were to their defense um, Messaging they were seemed all on point for takedowns um, Yeah, uh, sorry uh, Losing track where I, where, where I was going with that one, but uh, but but yeah um, I just expect less from them because they have other other jobs in there as well And I think that the referees and doctors also have a duty there um, so what was more egregious to me, which I didn't hear as many people mention, was I believe it was the referee, uh, Maya. He wasn't even giving warnings. He didn't even look like, uh, oh, getting tentative. Like, oh my God, it's hitting the fan, right? Like, uh, he was just checked out. Like, he, I don't know if he over-medicated that day. But, uh, <laughs> you know, he uh, he was he was definitely like, he just he was like ankle deep in planet Earth that day. Um, so I, I, I put more onus on that situation um, critically for what it's worth and I feel for people who bet inside the distance there um, with the Andrade thing uh, I took a flyer for sub because um, Andrade has a good guillotine and, and Murphy kept sh you know I said Andrade's pressure was going to force shots out of Murphy and it did but Andrade just clearly had no which I don't blame her but had no, um, had no you know had no prerogative to grapple she just wanted to punish her which even bet aside at a certain point I was like mercifully I'm like no one's stopping this man like Bet aside, I was like hoping just Andrade would just grab a choke just to put an end to it so we didn't have to watch anymore of it. You know what I'm saying? Um, but it goes to decision, so hearts to that. Uh, hearts to Paul Craig. Paul Craig, bear you. Nothing can outrun the Grace Scotsman. Uh, lost to the uh, athletic cheater of cheaters, uh, Johnny Walker, of course. Just classic, classic meme fight between meme fighters. Uh, on the wrong side of that one for sure. Uh, props to Johnny Walker, of course. And then we took the L on Craig. Ihor Pateria, just making making me feel further old and out of touch. You know, what a stirring tribute to Shogun, who uh, a TikTok, whatever, what was it? What's the game the kids play? The What is that game? Fortnite? I'm, I, the, the, the Fortnite? How old do I fucking sound? Um, like, I'm still over here trying to play. I'm like 50% done with Metal Gear Solid 5 after over a year of playing and I just started a 2013 game uh, The Last of Us so I am clearly up to date on my video gaming don't listen to me um, Bruno Fajeda defeated Gregory Rodriguez um, 
You know what? This one again. Speaking of uh, this one, you could say was a, was obviously was a, by my definition, this was a bad bet that that actually didn't cash for me as as what I compared to what I said earlier. Um, because my definition of a bet doesn't catch uh, cash, it's a bad bet. But I think it was to be fair. Um, again, what are the percentages? You know, no matter who the fighter is, if they step in under a week's notice, you know, you already have this ridiculous uh, percentage in your favor. Uh, much less a fighter who's never, you know, seen the end of the second round, much less the third, right? That's I'm all over those. I, I, I'll fade those guys any day of the week, usually, even even on a full camp. Uh, I wish I did a little bit more watching on Fajeda for this, um, rather than just reading my notes, uh, because as soon as I heard someone else say it, which they may have been parroting Jack Slack, or it was Jack Slack, in fact, that I heard on the timeline saying the Alexander Hernandez Benil Daryush feels like that read was spot on. And I don't know if that was the reasoning for why I saw people that I respect uh, in the gambling field having some Fajeda inside the distance in round ones. And I believe in, in my defense, uh, in my breakdown, if you rewind, I said, you know, Fajeda round one if you're going to play him. Um, regardless if it was the reasoning, I, I think, again, it was more of that being a, 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 a sharp bet, uh, despite the percentages, you know, of, of a last-minute fighter. You know what I'm saying? Like, you didn't have to really bet a lot on the money line, much less a knockout prop, especially a round one or round one knockout prop um, to recoup there for Fajeda. So I think it was more just a really good um, uh, good ups to anybody back in the Fajeda side. And obviously Fajeda, the fighter himself, first and foremost. So hat tip to anybody who had that, man. Um, you know, just because just cause I, I come short doesn't mean I can't, can't be happy and acknowledge uh, other people's sharp plays. Tiago Moises defeated uh, Milcrazel Costa. Uh, I will try to slaughter that name as opposed to me. <laughs> going with my guys over the MMA analysis, their nicknames. Shouts to those guys. Um, yeah, people. Uh, and also, by the way, shout to uh, my, my guy Ben Duffy over on SureDog. You know, I was like, I was doing their show over there with him. Shouts to Jay Petri and, of course, Ant Walker, who I mentioned earlier. I'm like, why is everybody, like, from the Contender Series to this night, like, they keep touting Gabriel Bonfim and, like, Munir Lizez practically gave him that joke, uh, and I'm not sour because I picked Lizez or anything. Like I didn't play, I didn't have any investment in this fight, uh, and I'm happy for the Bonfim brothers. But I'm just I'm surprised that people get hyping on this guy, and I totally missed it. It was so obvious right under my nose. Something I've criticized before, right? Uh, but my my guy over there from SureDog, Ben uh, Ben J Duffy, nailed it. He said, uh, you know, MMA slash fans, pundits, whatever, everybody in MMA. Oggles over the undefeated record uh, to where they just overlook actual skills, contexts, strength of division, strength of schedule, all these things. Because it's a zero, right? It's like I saw, and I'm real curious what my, 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 my man uh, from Combat Chronicles, Kyle McLaughlin, thinks he keeps me sane on these subjects. But and, and again, this was posted from someone I respect, from an account I respect, so no hate. But I saw somebody post, like, uh, who's more legendary or more of a legacy or something like that along those lines. And it showed a picture of Fedor and Khabib. And I'm like, what the fuck are we doing here, man? Like, don't get me wrong. Like, Khabib, in my opinion, finally starts to add to his legacy um, by not just the meta, which, again, it's, it's prominent, it's dominant, it's important, it's relevant. But motherfuckers, as much as me and, and, and the others talk shit about heavyweights and light heavyweights and, and big guys, big guys who are now heavyweights like Ryan Bader to Brock Lesnar before him, over a decade ago, folks, were using the Dagestani half handcuff, a.k.a. a cross-wrist ride 
to pin and punish opponents in the octagon at a high level. So, for those of us paying attention, this shit's nothing new. But yeah, like, again, and I'm not... I actually do like Khabib. It's going to come off as a fucking Khabib hater. I'm going to have all the fans in my mentions now. But it's like, what is... What, what, is he's dominant. He's, was he more dominant than Fedor? Yeah, dude's more dominant than anybody. That, if anything, is his, his legacy, his, his dominance, and the things that comprise that. Then there we can get into appreciating his style um, and the things that, you know, uh, made up of it. But, like, even with the coaching thing that I, again, credit and would have given him Coach of the Year, which I, I originally had, and there was kind of like a mix-up for Junkie. I was, I was going to go with Khabib um, for what that's worth, folks. But he retired once he gets to the top again, which would have gone perfect with this Rodney Mullen GSP video that I'm trying to do still. Um, but yeah, like Fedor is still co is coaching high-level dudes, uh, you know, as well, and and, and still competing, you know. Um, say what you will, what that does to his legacy, but, you know, the dude's still competing and, you know, can still squeak out wins here and there and stuff. So it's like, I don't know, man. Like, you know, just taking on all comers like say what you will about level of competition you could say that or you could look at it like the dude took out fucking all comers in an era where everybody was bigger and on more steroids than he could ever could be like I don't know man like that all the fighters that he the dude influenced um the fact that you know he was athletic but he didn't look athletic he was like a balding guy with a gut like you know what I'm saying the I dominate shout out to people who remember those most people don't even know what the, you know, kids don't even remember the iPods. Remember, I don't even know what the, you know, that was referencing. But yeah, it, I don't know. I, I, how to end up on a Fedor thing here? Uh, we'll get to that here. But yeah, I don't, people just get so enamored with the undefeated records. A uh, jailman, jailman, went to Pound Town, catch the KO pop. That's right, doggy Randy, sweaty doggy Randy. Jailman doesn't care. Um, yeah, Jailman went to Pound Town, called that one. Although, a little worrisome there that he plays with his food a bit. You know, he really wanted that submission. I'm like, just pound him out, Jailman. Because he could have pounded him out at the end of round one. Um, gets it done in round two. Glad I pay, played the Jailman by KO at plus 200. And it would have paid off the round robin, but for whatever reason, they flipped it. Again, I, I suspect the people who I round robin would listen to this podcast because conveniently, the things that I'm waiting for are always the last things to drop. And when I'm heavy on a line um, since they're last to the party they can they can make late adjustments hypothetically theoretically and coincidentally just happen to always be on the opposite side of me slash withholding on the things I can't wait for <laughs> anyways those of you reading between the lines hear me uh, Cody Stamen uh, defeated Luan Lacerda um Luan Lacerda didn't think he won. I was happy for Stamen. He was in the parlay that I had chose, but I wouldn't have been mad if the judges actually rewarded the body work because there was an argument for Luan um, off my live watch. Maybe my opinion changes off a rewatch, but I know I wasn't alone in that opinion. So again, back to where I was really lucky to cash. Here's, here's a case in point right here. Israel Bonfin defeated Terrence McKinney. Beautiful performance. Again, these guys are Serato MMA guys, so whether it's the front headlock transitions like we saw Gabriel, his brother, uh, after him, or Ishmael with the uh, the the Luke left hooks again. Serato MMA. That's Luke's team. They come from the same. So the fact that they are good at those similar weapons not a coincidence, folks. Something to watch out for. Nicholas Dalby defeated Worley Alves. I picked Worley, but I was happy for Dalby. Didn't have the balls to pick or play him. Uh, didn't watch this one closely, so I don't have an opinion. Did watch Nunez and Zara Farron, and again. I'm lucky to cash that, folks. I That was a stupid line. I shouldn't have bet it. And I deserve to lose that. And I still cashed it. So, 
again, folks, I've been on the wrong side of a lot of things, but I'll keep that same energy when I'm on when I'm on the right side of a stupid bet. I was on the right side of a stupid bet, and the stupid bets are what cash. So that's why I don't get too high, and that's why it irks me to see you know uh, when, when people do. And don't get me wrong, man. I'm happy for a lot of friends. A lot of friends needed uh, uh, some dubs, and I'm happy to see them. Well-deserved victory laps, but just why it's not kind of my my flavor, because it's just like, I just know how volatile this is. Like, I can hit all my bets, and I'm not a genius, folks. Sorry, I'm not. I'm lucky. I'm lucky. That's what it is. Some guys are lucky, and some guys ain't. Daniel Marcos defeated Simon Oliveira. Happy for my guy Lou Betya, who was on him. Uh, talked me into looking into that matchup closer. Didn't look into it enough slash like what I did look into enough to bet it, but thankfully enough to get me on the right side of the pick as I picked Marcos. All right, that recaps that. I'm going to timestamp here, use a little boys' room, be back, clean up the chat, and we'll get to the fun stuff, the breakdown, folks, which you guys have been waiting for. USC Vegas 68 and uh, Bellator uh, 290 uh, when we... Uh, when we get back. Um, in the meantime, you guys can look at uh, Sean Connery and Jamel. Well, oh, bolt the door if you're coming in. What's going on, everybody? Dan Tom here, Protecting Neck Podcast. Breaking down UFC. Let's share it now that I'm actually, I got through the, the uh, chance and whatnot. Um, Forgot to share out my course as usual because you know how I roll. Sweet, it's still on Sean Connery, so it's not blasting in my ear right now. Um, all right, join here, tweet it out. Bada bing, bickety bam. Weakness goes down like the Death Star. I forget how to quote. Mole rats there. All right, 50 minutes. We're back. 50 minutes. Back. All right, um, yeah, we'll skip the Amazon reads and Onnit reads or Onnit doesn't give me reads. Amazon does though. If you click through the link on mixedmarshallanalyst.com, uh, go to the right, toggle down, scroll down. You'll see uh, under a secure PayPal link. If you just want to donate to the show, straight up. If you like, I don't really deserve it. Don't feel like asking for it on this week. Um, but yeah, if you click through the on it or Amazon banners, a small percentage of your purchase gets kicked back to this year program uh, at no extra cost of you, you know, which I think is, is pretty cool. Um, but yeah, uh, there's that. And then of course, again, mixedmarshallanalyst.com sports is here show, uh, for the PayPal link, which is also under my link tree at Dan Tom MMA. And I believe these videos are now uh, monetized. So if you guys want to do a, uh, super chat money thing or whatever it doesn't matter I answer your guys stuff anyways I love you guys anyways it doesn't matter you can or if you're listening to this in the future 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 and you want to do it post hence you can do it with like a super thanks or you listen to it and say you know what I'm going to make you earn it alright Asian Bill Burr alright point Dexter I'm going to make you earn it motherfucker uh, as I continue to curse and limit these videos uh, that's fine maybe I do a good job for you and again it's not because I'm good it's because I'm lucky but want to pay that forward i won't stop you uh that's about it i don't really like doing this shit with self-promotion so let's let's cut it there and let's get to the good stuff here folks um i'm gonna do a quick cleanup on the chat uh if i can um got some some new people up in here which is pretty cool uh olivia when you said uh wasn't trying to advertise but jing liang uses migu to study his opponents nice it's good to know i appreciate that and it's good to have a 
both Chinese and female uh, viewership slash listenership. So thank you, Olivia. Uh, Cantonese. Uh, just say both. Thank you. Uh, oh, wait. I said, I said Chinese discount at first. I didn't mean to say that. It's my old barter talk. Cause you could like barter for things, you know. Like I remember when I came back from from visiting China, like my first or second time. I'm like, I just want to go in like to a Seven Eleven and barter for a Sprite. I'm like ninety nine cents. I'm like, no, seventy nine cents. <laughs> because you could just do that in a lot of places, and it was probably really annoying and ignorant looking at us Americans. But hey, um, all right. Kyle Johnson says Vivi is still free, but Zane and Co have started a Patreon for extra shows like Depressed Us. Right on, right on. That's good. That's good to know. They, those guys do it. Those guys do a service as well. I mean, they're out there uh, doing it every week. So, as somebody in that grind, obviously, I respect my compatriots, man. If that's the right word, I don't know. Um, bad bets, cash. They do indeed, Jerry Harper. They do indeed. I'm, I'm, I'm not. Again, I'm not beyond that, man. I'm not beyond that. Um, <laughs> as seen with my Nunez and Stamen and other caches from last week, right? Uh, hope BE can go independent. Yeah, man. I, I mean, it's it's tough to do, but ideally that would be that would be awesome. I mean, wish a lot of us could go independent. You know what I'm saying? But uh, definitely rooting for them for sure. Um, Chucky baby, Dana is too powerful. These media dudes at events ain't got the balls to step up to Dana. Not hating, he can fuck you up. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, there, there's that problem, too, where, you know, whether we mean to or not or intend to or not, um, the way the machine works, we essentially serve as more promotional than we do actual media that holds to account, hence why supporting things, whether you like it or not, supporting things like Buddy Elbow is important, folks. So, again, not telling you what to like or what to support, but don't complain when, uh, you know, it's, it's quote-unquote all-access media doing access stuff, right? Um shoot, I feel bad enough uh, being complicit to the fact that I just primarily, you know, I'll break away and I did my in-depth stuff to Bellator and I try to do my prospect piece. I try to break away when I can, folks, but the sickness runs deep, man, and uh, it's hard not to get catch catch some symptoms of it no matter who you are, so I feel you. I'm not trying to judge. I ain't trying to judge either, but, you know, you bring up valid points. Something to think about. Um, James Kendrick, if anyone in the chat knows, what does round robin mean? I'm not a better here. Just an MMA nerd. Uh, basically, round robin means it's a it's a way to bet multiple results. And I'm probably explaining this poorly. Uh, and perhaps it runs a bit differently when you do other sports. So, chat, feel free to chime in on my guy James. But basically, when I do them and how I talk about them, um, is I pretty you pretty much take a, you could take like chalky things too. It really doesn't matter. You could take money lines, but you essentially take results, uh, some type of results, whether it's a side, a total, um, a prop. Uh, whatever your house will let you pair together, you can pair four, six, eight, depending on how big they let you go. Um, and uh, you can bet them, you know, I'll do like six two-teamers. I'll take four selections and I'll do, you know, six two-teamers to, to get all the possible combinations. So I just need two to hit, hopefully, to hopefully pay it off or come close to, depending on what I play. Um, if three hits, you're doing really good. Four hits, it's fucking madness, right? That's the, that's the basic idea um, in uh, layman's terms, which I'm all about. Um, I think having ADHD makes a bigger impact on a person's everyday life and personality than a lot of people really understand. I agree. Uh, 
Kuru continues, getting diagnosed and learning about it is huge to help not let it ruin you. <laughs> I also agree, Kuru Flint. Um, all right. My uh, man Rain Lamina asking about Zhang and Andrade rematch. I'll try to circle back to that one if I can. Um, I'll just say right off the bat, rule of thumb, don't expect the same exact doesn't mean the same person won't win. Don't expect the same match twice um, in MMA. We'll get to that perhaps with the headline maybe even with Bellator 290 here in a second. Um, the Thiago Moises of making funny choices. Hopefully I make the choice to start in the breakdown, huh? You guys are waiting. Uh, fight night picks. I wanted to give them a shout anyways. Hey, let's get into a definitely interesting card. By the way, go follow fight night picks. Hopefully uh, they, uh, they caught a shout out from the last episode. I think it was last episode. Either way. The fact that they even would nominate this show in their awards. Uh, Shouts to my guy, Craig Allen, uh, and his fantastic co-host over there as well. Um, or just follow, I don't have the name off the top of my head. I feel awful about that, but please follow and subscribe to their show. Um, great show, fantastic show. Um, much love to them. All right, let's get on with it. Breakdown. Bellator 290, folks, is headlined by Fyodor Emelianenko uh, and... Uh, Ryan, uh, Ma the master, um, Bader. By the way, I was I was recently looking up uh, a Victor Pesta fight, and I was like, man, if I if I was if I was somebody, I, I would try to like get past uh you know the language barrier. Like when Victor Pesta was training down like with Henry Hoof, and I'd have been like, you know, man, you don't be a great name. People like things. They say, man, that that's real sex. That's sex. You know, everyone loves sex. Your nickname should be Sex. And then Bruce Buffer would be like, Victor, Sex Pesta. And then only people with really dark and stupid humor like me would laugh. All right, uh, what the fuck was I talking about? Oh, yeah, the masturbator, of course. MMA, Dan. Um, yeah, um, I, I essentially went with my pick for the, the first time. Uh, I picked Ryan Bader by TKO, but just not so abruptly off his first hook off of a jab. Um, I think he's going to have to wrestle. And... Uh, I think it's going to be stopped, hopefully, by the third round, a merciful stoppage. You know, Fedor's still a good grappler, hard to uh, get to tap. Uh, you know, I mean, Verdum was able to do it. Obviously, he can tap, but, I mean, um, the way this guy fights, it's it's uh, it's damage. It's a two-way street of damage, and that that, that is the tone that he sets. Um, unfortunately for, for, for Fedor is that, uh, you know, he doesn't look shot for as you think he would be for both his age and miles because he has both like he has the skills to win this fight to where like i actually wouldn't be surprised by picking a spoiler alert parlaying bader wouldn't be surprised if fedor won um he still shows enough eyes and exchanges he still has enough of his base of speed and athleticism um even at his advanced stage because he had so much of it, and he was so undersized, because he was, again, practically a middleweight fighting big dudes. Another reason, you know, it wasn't like a giant dude cutting down and, you know, only fighting if every circumstance was properly correct. Not hating, but that's just kind of what happened with Khabib. Didn't really fight that much, and was, you know, all these things at the lineup just for the guy to fight, right? Um, were, you know, again, Fedor was a smaller guy doing that so the good news about that is even with the miles and damage he still has you know even though the the bar is no longer up here it's down here down here is still faster than most guys uh at heavyweight at least the one especially the ones he is encountering 
you know, late career heavyweights, late career light heavyweights slash blown up middleweights, right? Uh, to follow that tradition, right? Uh, it's, you know, it was just funny because, you know, uh, Chael Sonnen to, you know, the Teen Quest lineage, Matt Lindland for the Bodog fights. Uh, I think Jack Slack retweeted that thing I, I sent him. Uh, was uh, Fedor doing the same move? Uh, the cage, the cage grab. Um, you know, so uh, but but the thing the thing is is even though he arguably excels in what you might want to write him off at in those departments, uh, the problem is that's those prime and youthful attributes aren't actually all that won his fights back in the day. Obviously, they were a big part of it. Um, his speed, his athleticism, his proprioception, but a quiet part of it, especially in his victories, you know, against notable. You know, there's this misconception. I use the careful language where I said in Fader's defense, the wrestle boxer archetype is one that he's both familiar with and traditionally gotten wins against. Those two things are factually undeniably true. But I said that specifically to be careful with this narrative that I see tranced around that he, you know, ate those fighters for breakfast, which was absolutely not true. Um, you know, Mark Coleman was like post prime. Um, well, well post prime post retirement retirements even at that point um, I believe there were circumstances around both if not at least uh, I believe the second one if a memory doesn't serve um, and then you have like Randleman who almost killed him uh, American wrestler you got Japanese wrestlers like Fujita Ironhead who almost killed him <laughs> you know what I'm saying uh, and this was like prime Fedor um you know, th this wasn't even like, uh, you know, post-prime Rogers where, you know, guys that had no business tagging him up was tagging him and he still pulls it out, you know. The point is the common thread on whatever prime or whatever thing you want to assign to, to, to Fedor is that it, it actually was durability and stamina that actually was the thing that um, allowed him to find these hellish pathways to his victory. And between the way he fought to... The way he kind of had to fight once getting into early trouble, like I mentioned, he would need the ability uh, to create those hellish pathways, the durability and stamina to do that. And as you get older, you don't tend to grapple as much. And some of that can be back in next stuff, which is my Canarian coal mine theory when it comes to like wrestlers or American wrestlers traditionally who really beat their body up. But you look at it and... You know, I, I read these notes in my analysis. You hear it repeated, you know, by Big John and others on the broadcast. I know, you know, they may not give your boy credit here. They may like to come at the media, even, but I, you know, but uh, I know I've, I've heard from Mauro Nalo personally DM me, tells me that he goes over my stuff. And I've heard both uh, Josh Thompson and uh, I'm not hating, you know, but again, just like, and I'll, I'll say it to the UFC broadcasters too, feel free to give your boy some credit and writers in general credit. You know, something that plenty of writers and stuff have voiced. I know Ben Folks have voiced that before. Because you could tell when they're totally cribbing off our notes and then they don't give us credit for it. Like, okay, okay. Um, but yeah, yeah, anyways. Uh, but I forget where I was fucking going off on, on that. But yeah, I hear him talking about, oh yeah, Fedor doesn't want to grapple anymore. And again, stamina, you know, he it makes him tired. You know, he gets really tired really fast now. Um, and it's just really noticeable. And as he should be, he's an older guy. Um, and obviously durability, he's taken a lot of damage, so it's not something you should be confident in. Um, so yeah, uh, I just worry that Bader tries to recreate the same. Hopefully Bader's smart enough to know not to do that. He seems to have been leaning much more into his jiu-jitsu, you know, since getting his black belt, working under uh, Nova and Yao Staple, fourth degree Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt, uh, Yair uh, Lorenko. 
um, Jair Lorenko, however you pronounce it, forgive me. So yeah, I'll go Bader to play it smart and uh, ground and pound till uh, Fader looks like he's AFK from keyboard, um, round three. Um, I know, stirring tribute for Fedor. I'm a big Fedor fan too, man. I mean, like guys like him and, and early BJ Penn, which may sound crazy to some of you who weren't following the sport back then, like just seeing these dudes with like bellies and like balding and like you know the everyman like just fucking people up man and, like these were the guys that weren't fucking afraid of weight classes you know weren't afraid of challenges i love it man but got to be an analyst here so i'm going to go with that um co-headliner for middleweight title we've got uh Johnny Eblen defending his title minus 285 favorite um, I like to play the game where I, I line the fight and i didn't look at the line until i after i break down the the fight and um, the odds, the odd setter set the line where I would have set it, um, almost exactly. I think like minus one seventy five, Evelyn. But it's ballooned over a dollar more, so now it's getting a little bit too wide territory. And totally Tokov come back on him plus two forty. Really like Tokov going through the footage, and I, I've always known who Tokov is, but it took me a while to get through this one this week. And that's another thing that's hard, not just the eye stuff, but again, I haven't split my time between two things and. Uh, Again, just because I criticize the hell out of the UFC, and I, I do like me some Bellator. It doesn't mean I can't criticize Bellator either, folks. That means they're not guilty of the same stuff where they bury these fucking clear title challengers, clear meaningful fighters, um, are just buried under the prelims. And we don't see them until they get to a title fight and they're headlining or co-headlining a card. Now all of a sudden I got to fucking do a profile and go back like 10 years on a profile on a guy. Right. Um, and, and it actually is meaningful cause he's fought like meaningful dudes. And there are some losses and wins. You got to go back to see the Magomed Karamov fights, the Duraev fights, you know, like, uh, you know, the, uh, there are some important ones sprinkled in that you go back and look at in there. And, um, and yeah, I, uh, I liked what I saw from Tokov. Not enough to play him or anything or pick him. Um, but the guy's got a scary right hand. I really like his ground and pound. You know, people talk about ground and pound being a lost art, and I agree. That's why, like, I always shout, like, certain principles when I see them done. And coaches that coach those principles, like my guy Neil Melanson. Um, but uh, you see Tokov's ground and pound, and I love it because he will punch down. Even when guys are really good at that awkward position where they go deep half, and they've got, even got the low underhook like I preach, and they hide to where they only keep like the back of the head like an illegal zone technically. That's really there, and you know they're either going to debase you, come up on the signal like Damian Maya, or they're going to you know get you to lean forward to really whizzer and hip in hard, and then they Homer Simpson roll you over right back the other way, little 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 nog action there. Um, and usually you're kind of stuck to see how they're going to play to see how you defend. It's a weird stalemate, stymie like position, and. Tokov can just knock dudes out from there. He can just push down on the head. And he has his natural, just he punches down. Just so powerful. And he just punches at a downward angle with his ground and pound. I love it. You see tall guys do it when, when they go to the body. You know, they almost kind of waterfall and do it, you know. Uh, Usman to Gilbert Burns. Rick Glenn does this a lot. You see him do that. You, you see him do it, especially back when, like, WSOF Rick Glenn. Um, and, uh... Tokov is more of like a karate fighter. He's like doing that machine. It's like a low, a low horse dance or a low hoss dance. Uh, <laughs> if you're from the New England area, uh, and uh, yeah, he he just like does these downward punches, but they're super powerful. He's got a good feel for his right hand. 
He's a really good feel for kicks in range too, um, which probably will come in handy since Eblen is incorporating a ton more kicks. Eblen really stepped up his last fight against uh, Gegard Mousasi. Uh, I was really impressed by him. Uh, even though I picked Mousasi, I said Eblen had the style to stymie him. I did cite that for what it's worth, but um, these fight-to-fight predictions are hard to predict. Are hard to predict. And really watching it back, man, I, I wasn't too impressed with Evelyn before that fight. And really watching it back this time and watching that fight in particular, I was really impressed, man. I was like, human cheat code. People listening on audio, I just did the Dan Tom jerk off GIF. But I was like, what is that? And then now I'm like watching it, I'm like, oh yeah, no, like, you know, he, you know, he doesn't have like crazy muscles and, you know, maybe he's not moving with an explosion uh, that jumps off the paper, paper, even though he moves fast and clearly hits hard. It's not that he doesn't do any of those things. But, yeah, he doesn't have, like, some Anthony Johnson or Rumble, like, KO highlight package. Okay. No devastating submission game. Yeah, I get that. But the guy really kind of can do it all. He moves really well. I know he does these movement programs that he always advertises um, that he's a part of. Um, and just really, you know, maintains his body very well. Uh, very functional, functional strength, functional movement. Um, comes from a really good wrestling program uh, that Mizzou Tiger Wrestling Program, uh, Chandler, Asker, and Woodley all came from. Uh, you know, uh, fairly well credentialed there. Um, no Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu ranks or anything like that, but, like, really good high percentage choices. He reminds me of Kamaru Usman, where, like, again, he's not doing anything flashy, but he's making the right choices at the right time, and they're high percentage choices. And you kind of don't realize it. Kind of like you know, a lot of us didn't. We all we all knew Usman was good and knew he could wrestle. You should have known those two things. But if I'm just being completely honest, like yeah, I didn't quite realize you know how good he was until he started really getting to those upper levels. You know what I'm saying? Even though I was witnessing his rise kind of the whole way, if that makes any sense. And Evelyn gives me a certain feel like that. He's always making very high percentage choices. And stand-up, this is going to sound like a really, especially, you know, him, a middleweight, whatever, to make this comparison. But it kind of reminds me of Volkanovsky in the sense of he can pressure when he needs to. And because of his natural style, like his early style, kind of like Volks, right? Wrestling, rugby, uh, wrestling, and you know, power game for Eblen. Um, you kind of naturally pressure more often than not. And if you're winning more often than not, like, again, by the way, shouts to my guy, Ben J. Duffy. He says, like, if Volkanovski didn't suffer a loss to some random guy on the regionals, like, up three weight classes at welter or middleweight or whatever the hell it was that he shouldn't have been fighting at, like, how much more hype would he have? You know what I'm saying? How much more would the closer the odds be because of that hype as well against going against somebody who comes from the lineage of undefeated fighters like Khabib, even though Islam is not technically undefeated because his loss happened in the UFC and he got knocked dead on his face so you know um i know i think he bounced right back actually but still you know what i'm saying um it makes you think though it makes you think right it makes you think how much of that you know uh, undefeated stuff but yeah um but now uh obviously eblin like volk much more flexible can fight from both stances can fight smart faints uh can get you know beats will circle will move laterally won't do you know circle off the jab or do things as good as Volk, obviously. I'm not making apples-to-apples apples comparison, but he can build, he can change these things up, and he is purposely building and changing things up and trying to throw you off. Um, he does this really one clever thing that I really like. I'm going to steal now, where uh, sometimes I get tripped up from southpaw and if I get pressured and I'm walking um, to my lead side, you can kind of get tripped up. When you're pursuing 
uh, when you're the pursuant, uh, when you're pursuing somebody who's trying to sidestep or flee with their back to the cage, uh, you know, you don't have to. You can do it like Luke did to Bilal Muhammad to kind of no, no success where you threaten with the power side of interceptions. But generally, shouts to my guy Dennis Davis and Extreme Couture has taught me and many. Um, you, you trail and corral them with your lead foot. If they're moving uh, left, even you know, if, if, I'm south, if I'm southpaw, but they're moving to my left, um, they're moving to their right, my left, well, then I may switch up, especially if I'm comfortable from orthodox and kind of trail um, as ortho. But then they change up, and now they start moving to my right as orthodox to my open side. Um, now I'll change the southpaw if I got to pursue. It's easier to move your feet. It's easier to cut. It's easier to explode forward, or if you need to, backward um, when your feet are in those positions. Conversely, a little bit easier to get tripped up if you're moving toward your lead side, if you're on the back side step back to the cage part of this equation. So I would feel that a lot getting pressured, especially uh, in this last uh, camp from last year and this last go around with sparring, getting back into that again something I was really having trouble with early on. And um, it was something that I kind of played with, but Evelyn kind of did it perfectly where he just, and he doesn't hit him perfectly, he actually hits him with more of a forearm, but he steps from the southpaw to an orthodox stance and walks him into the right hand, essentially. You know? Um, which was really just brilliant. Um, and that, that kind of set the tone for him against Musasi. I think those kind of things will work well. Also, just letting things go from southpaw. Um, if you go and watch... Um, Tokov's fight with, I think, Shlomenko, uh, even in a win where he has the one fight that actually goes into late rounds, and he actually has a win um, by round four TKO against RB Agujev, who I think is like a Team Ahmat guy over in ACBA, went back to watch that fight. And even though he gets a late round stoppage, like Tokov is, you know, his gas tank can be tiresome. Now, it completely abandoned him at the end of the first round against Amiv. So you got a pressuring guy who's grappling, even though he wasn't grappling too much success. Because very few people take Tokov down, mind you. Really good takedown defense, even when he's tired. Um, again, just like a lot of like hand-to-hand guys, like Rashid Magomedov, right? They are just such natural counterfighters, whether it's counter-striking or natural counter-wrestlers, right? Um, really, really surprisingly good. And Tokov's no different. But, again, even though it wasn't as bad, um, you see him kind of flagging and hurt because he can be hurt uh, when he goes against RBI. Agujev. Um, and I believe he actually hurts him from a body knee, which is usually Tokov's move. Or at least, the very least, the body knee opens up opportunity for Arby to hurt him from southpaw because Arby will switch stances, but he hurts him from southpaw. I think Shlomenko has moments in southpaw. And if you watch his fight against Gerald Harris, an American wrestling southpaw, um, Gerald uh, just knocks him dead. It probably should have been stopped, to be honest. But again, uh, Guess who didn't stop it? It was uh, Kerry Hatley, who, and I'm not trying to cry over spilt milk, but, like, remember I pointed to, like, he, he seemed to just in dead set on stopping uh, Charles, uh, was it Charles, not Charles Georgian, Charles Johnson versus um, uh, Jimmy Flick, you know? And, again, I said I'm not trying to cry over spilt milk, but I will say, just like with when I, you know, Tyone was, went on that epic run where he was letting people just fight to the death, and, of course, like, I bet on the one time he does the early stoppage, like, Kerry Hatley, to my point, if you go watch that fight, or many of his fights, he is more on the Steve Mazzagatti spectrum of stoppages, so it is a little extra annoying when you get, like, you know, the early stoppage from that guy, because you just look at it, like, he let Tokov, like, die and come back to life in that fight. Um, 
and Tokoff, for his own sake, was able to uh, close the show shortly after he recovered. But the guy can't be hurt, and Johnny Eblen, as we saw, he, he would switch before, something that I did write in my notes, but he's never fought that well and that much and that dedicated from Southpaw, and I see him drilling it in the videos. Like He is just as good from Southpaw as he is orthodox, Eblen is. So uh, I'm sure he sees that you know, um, and uh, is going to devise a really good game plan. Um, Tokov's going to be hard to take down, but Tokov doesn't take initiative as much. And even though, again, I just said Eblin will is comfortable with fighting on the outside when he needs to, he'll do that bit of that Volkanovski thing and can do it. Um, when it comes to initiative and pressuring, uh, he definitely has that in, uh, more than Tokov does. Tokov will let the other uh, fighter initiate, and he'll kind of like be lackadaisical and be accused, even I'm almost running the risk of dropping rounds in Ratz's a lot of these victories, um, so much so with his pace and initiative. I think that's bad against a guy like Eblin. Um, and I think that is going to be hard to break because A, it's just who he is, it's how he fights. He's 32, he's been fighting since you know for over a decade, Tokov has. And if there is gas tank suspicions like there's show to be, well, then maybe he doesn't have a choice but to fight at a measure of pace. So, unless he can catch Evelyn, who Evelyn's been hurt too, and anybody can be stopped, and Tokov does have some scary power with his right hand, folks. So, Tokov gets the upset. No one should be surprised, but unless he's able to stop Evelyn in the first 10 minutes, um, I think Evelyn takes this. I officially pick Evelyn by decision, but I actually wouldn't be surprised if, especially if Tokov's A, his gas tank looks the way it, it, it does, slash that is a truth. And B, if Edlin is able to take him down even once in the first 10 minutes, that's going to be huge, folks. Again, Tokov, dead tired and hurt. Like, he is so hard to get takedowns on. When he does, he's, like, right back up. Like, it's freaking impressive. So if Edlin is able to take him down, that's going to be a huge um, statement in general. But in the grand scheme of things, betting, thinking of outcomes, um, he's going to be making him work really hard. That means he's going to be making him work really hard. So I wouldn't be surprised for a late stoppage. So I just kicked for coverage, and I parlayed um, Johnny Eblen uh, with another guy, uh, many I respect are high on uh, his prospect, uh, Ahmed Magomedov, who is minus like 580 or something. Um, it's like just below plus money in most houses now, unfortunately. But I think you can still get it for plus 116 if you parlay all three of them. If you want to follow me, you don't have to, folks. But I'm just letting you know if you want, want to, the best prices that I got for the houses that I play in Again, I play limited stuff because I'm in Vegas. I don't get all the fan duels and all the cool shit you guys get. Um, but BetMGM, who usually doesn't have, doesn't have great lines, uh, um, they actually um, have probably the best lines on this, and I was able to get plus 116. Just just a unit, uh, parlaying Bader, Eblin, and Magomedov. Um, this card also has an action fight, uh, as I referred to, as, as someone, heard, saw someone referred to as the Scott Smith special, which is a great shout. Sabah Hamasi, minus 190. Uh, Brennan Ward, plus 160. Um, it's not that I disagree with Hamasi as a favorite. Uh, you know, he's been he's been very active on this Bellator scene. Uh, Brennan Ward still having his comeback, uh, if you will. But I don't like Sambasi as chalk. I don't like to play him as chalk. Fun fight to watch, though. Got Neiman Gracie as some chalk against Dante Shiro. Um, no strong opinions on any of these folks. Got uh, Berkamoff versus Lorenz Larkin. Um, Larkin's the dog there. Um, Steve Mowry fights. He was a uh, uh, guy to look out for in my 2021 Bellator uh, list. Uh, Chris Gonzalez, good test. Coming in as the favorite, minus 200, uh, opposite Max Roshkoff. Uh, real curious to see that one. That's a good fight. 
Um, we got Grant Neal versus Carl uh, Albertson. Yeah, that should be as competitive as they have it lined. Um, Alejandro Lara. Oh, my goodness. Stay on target, Dan. Stay on target. Oh, my goodness. I I felt like, I mean, I remember at the bet being uh, there at the, <laughs> I know, I'm not that creepy. Uh, who, who am I kidding, folks? I'm just as much as creep as you are. But no, I, I don't obviously don't mean to be that creep, to say professional, uh, obviously all that, but I remember being at the Bellator Wayans in Hawaii uh, for 219 and Alejandro Lara was there and uh, stay on target, Dan. Stay on target. Stay on target. Uh, <laughs> and she, I forget, I was talking with like some like Bellator officials or something and like she came up to ask a question just like you would have just thought I was like Richie you know Quentin Tarantino from from Dust Till Dawn you know I'm like I'm just, Richie would you do me a favor <laughs> please yeah 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 whatever you want Dan snapping like I'm just I'm imagining her saying stuff she's not it was, it was bad stay on target Dan Alejandra Lara faces <laughs> I guess I don't even know who she's facing I, I just wanted to share my creepiness alright uh, Darren Caldwell's on this card as well uh, Jordan L. Lugo's on this card. Um, yeah, uh, should be a pretty decent Bellator card, to be honest. Uh, I'll catch what I can. Uh, and let's move on to UFC. I'll give you what I got, and we'll get out of here. 121 UFC stat. Uh, go clean up the uh, chat. Kyle Johnson, Fujita, Randleman, and Hunt were all tough for Fedor. Yep. Orlovsky and Rogers, too, after Pride. That's right. My man knows his stuff here. Kyle Johnson. Um... Victor Basil Pesta. <laughs> now you know he, here's the here is the herb joke here uh, for UFC, which is not even a joke because they are so busy monetizing every bit of the octagon. I'm surprised we're not going to have you know UFC in conjunction with Bruce Buffer Thyme seizing your stakes. It's Thyme, uh, Bruce Buffer. You know, oh God, don't 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 tell, don't share that with Bruce, folks. He'll, he'll probably do it. Um, hopefully you guys appreciate my Victor Sex Pesta joke. Uh, Kyle Johnson also adds, if Prime Bader can get a club and sub by Tito, Fedor can catch him now at 39. That's right, folks. Yeah, that's right. Let's not forget, folks. Fedor to his own or Bader to his own admission, um, aged out of light heavyweight. Right? Like we saw that his his cardio, his speed, his stuff is he's it's too tough for him. Like he is now having to learn at 39 years old. He's entering the stage of fighting as an old man, whereas Fedor. Fate, I was born in the darkness. I was born old. I was born in it. Sorry, that was terrible. Sorry for your ears. Um, we got uh, some chicks. Musha Boom. What's up, Dan? What's up, man? What's going on? <laughs> oh, live chat is popping. <laughs> All right. So we got uh, UFC 290, 125. Star. Yeah, 123 pretty much. All right, we got a headline by uh, Derek Lewis, plus 190. Sir, Sergey Spivak, minus 225. Um, I've been pretty accurate on these folks' fights. Uh, I've nailed the love triangle between Derek Lewis, tied to Ivacha, and Sergey Spivak. Undefeated in picking those fights. Picking them down to the round method. An even cage position, folks. Um, Sergey Spivak, of course, was one of two uh, green belts I think I earned for the Pop Squad with his round two hit on uh, the birthday card, which was nice. Thank you, Spivak, for that. So I've had a pretty good track record for, for betting both these guys. So I tempted fate, 
And I didn't even go back to watch tape on this. Um, I went back to my notes and my write-up. And it checked out from what it was last time because this fight got canceled in November. In case you don't know, rebooked. UFC insisted it wasn't COVID and Derek Lewis was like, yeah, it was COVID. I don't know why they would lie about that. Just, what are we doing here? Um, but yeah, uh, yeah. So, you know, perhaps that's worrisome. I don't know. Line seems about what I remember it was. I still remember wanting Lewis at more. Um, I'm gonna take Lewis in this spot. You know, I took him against Blades, uh, in this, in the Apex and, you know, he won that fight and has been undefeated in the Apex. And again, as I've said, because the great Brian Stad said, who I always give credit to pointing this out, which is roughly held true minus Daniel Cormier, that people who want to grapple Derek Lewis, you know, uh, whether it's Alexi Olenek or uh, Victor Sexpesta, uh, <laughs> God, it's got to stick. Let's, let's spread it out, folks. Poor Victor. He's like, what did I do? It's probably like in like some case right now and like it just made it worse. Oh, well. <laughs> Shout out to that TikTok. Shout out to that TikTok. You know, the girl standing in front of Louis C.K. sold out. We need to stop accusing men and hurting men. <laughs> Victor Sexpesta, baby. I'll, I'll stick to it. Um, Jesus, Dan. All right, uh, but yeah, like it's generally bad when they try to grapple Lewis. You know, you got to strike with him. And uh, Spivak, I could totally see him wrestling himself into a hole here. Um, he actually has some decent grappling, but his aggression, he will throw himself out of position for takedowns and even um, shucking around or trying to take the back. Oh, not that that's a very heavyweight move anyways, right? Um, but yeah, he can get a bit aggressive and get a bit high on things and against a guy who knows how to tripod. Very familiar with the tripod, Derek Lewis. All <laughs> Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, baby. Juggernaut. Sorry. Jer Derek Lewis, of course, always reminds me of the, that Juggernaut. I'm the Juggernaut bitch. Uh, redub, the animated one. Like, I feel like that's Derek Lewis reincarnate. Uh, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm ready to fuck. My suit's so tight. <laughs> like, it's all stuff Derek Lewis says in his interviews, too. It's not even me being weird and Dan Tom and dark and immature, uh, which is true. Uh, no, no. He, he does sound like this. Um, yeah, and I think it's going to be a classic Derek Lewis night, speaking of which. Uh, I'm going to stick with the round 2 KO prediction. He's going to survive the storm, and he's going to find his spot off the break to nail Spivak and end the night. So uh, I actually played Lewis by KO at plus 240 because that's the only way I see him winning the fight. I know I could just kick for coverage at plus 190. That's not much of a difference, but fuck it. I'm just going to go a unit, plus 240, Derek Lewis by KO. That's the way you're going to That's the way you're gonna bet him. If you're going to bet him, that's the way you bet him. Um, not taking any other kind of angles on this fight. Um Although I'm curious, what is it? What is the totals? Is the totals uh, one and a half is the predominant number most houses are offering, with plus money on the over. Ooh. Yeah, I don't want to play with that though. It's a coin flip territory. Uh, we got uh, co-main event time. Da Unjung, baby. Unjung. Minus two fifty for the Unjung. And uh, Devin Brownbear. You got to fight, goddamn it. Uh, my favorite, of course, David Clark, baby. You, Chips, sounds to my guy, Chips War Medal, and and the rest of you who uh, who are shit, long time listener, by the way, Chips War Medals, always, always shout, always paying it forward. Talk about talk about being a good dude, citing your sources uh, over there, um, always giving love. So, uh, but yeah, uh, yeah, you know, I was excited for some David Clark, dude. So David Clark isn't even gonna be in the corner, but he's gonna be louder because it's the apex, and he doesn't have to worry about the commission, which I love. That's like how. Uh, uh, Devin is, uh, you know, Team Teddy Bear, uh, MMA fighters who look like they were made in a Build-A-Bear workshop, you know, um, which is uh, Devin Clark, uh, Dracar Close, and um, Darren Wynn. 
uh, Team Teddy Bear, uh, represented here by Devin Clark. Uh, yeah, it was funny that he even admitted that, too. He's like, yeah, he's going to have some drinks in him. Like, dude, if I knew that, like, I would say that I would go to this uh, event. But, again, I can't afford tickets uh, the way UFC – they priced out the fans, folks. They priced out the media. I'd have to, like, be dishonest and go get credentialed and do that thing where I don't work, but I get credentialed and I don't like doing that, folks. I know I'm not an actual journalist and, you know – well, why bother treating the job and the things with respect and the way the UFC prices things? No, no, I'm not. I'm, I don't care to push politics and try to get my ass in there and credential, even though I could, because um, I would feel the due diligence and duty to work, uh, and uh, I don't want to work any more than I already do because I work a lot. So um, yeah, uh, and I'm not gonna pay for a ticket. But hypothetically, if I could, how awesome would that be? Like, oh, maybe it's like if I knew ahead of time, maybe I could have like asked Junkie food and like. Dude, can we like? Can I get somebody to come film it and like? We'll just do like a evening with David Clark watching the fights with them. Like, how funny! I know that would get no traction and not sell, but you know that would be funny. I'd be down for it. You know, just like watching him, like just get. I, I would just be buying him drinks the whole time and be like, like oh, I got you a drink. Like, oh, like I'd see him, like he'd be like three a third of the way. I'd be going to the food truck to get him another beer. Like I'd be purposely like just trying to get him fucked up and just 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 to get him get him wild. You know, just to get him wild. So, <laughs> If you heard him, man. That's my favorite of that clip between rounds two and three of his last fight. Where he's just like, if you heard him, man. Like, and then he just stops the sentence. Like, I, I, David forgot his words. He got so excited. He goes, you got to fight. And like, calm down. Fuck that shit. <laughs> so great. So great. I just love that. Like, Devin Clark actually took time of his to pause his own pain mid-fight corner to be like, Dad, can we, can we, can we calm down here? So I'm I'm very excited. I'm very jealous of any of y'all that get to like be in the audience with David Clark. I need I need some kind of fan cam on him, um, whether it's some viral cell phone as well as I hope the UFC broadcast is smart enough to go find David Clark in the audience and get a camera on that man. Hey, Henge boy, the bench man, the bench boy. He's doing strong over here. Yeah, that stink girl underneath me over here, too, with the dogs. But, yeah, I'm excited for that. Dan, have you even broken down the fight? No, because I broke it down on the Action Network article. But in case you didn't see that, of course, I'll break it down here. Um, I'm taking Unjung. I like Da Unjung. Uh, obviously, he's the better striker. Um, and uh, I think he's going to make Devin Clark uncomfortable, which shouldn't be too hard, not just because of the reach and striking superiority and size and skill, which is the most important part. Um, it's the fact that just Devin Clark looks ridiculously uncomfortable, even more than usual. You know, like... It was funny, like, he was talking crap about, uh, um, I think, like, uh, someone said, like, Don Jung, like, set a takedown record on William Knight, whereas, like, you, like, knocked him out in the third round, and he goes, ah, oh, well, that shows he must have been scared of the power, he's I wasn't scared, and I'm like, Devin Clark, like, bro, like, I'm pretty sure we can just go back, like, your last three fights, and we could go three for three of you, like, running away from the strikes, like, really bad body language. Not trying to hate. I love Devin Clark. Seems like a great dude outside the cage, too, as well. Like, does uh, really good programs, uh, f you know, for kids and youth and stuff like that, I believe. So, not trying to hate. Big, big, big fan. W wish him well. But I was like, come on, man. <laughs> you can't. This is the one thing. You, I mean, I get it. You know, you got to talk yourself up and whatnot. But, uh, I don't know. Don Jung looks like to be in the shape of his life. Um, and then I saw footage today, and that kind of confirmed that. from Not just from what I saw on his social media. Um, and the guy's improving. You know, you watch this footage from, like, the regional scene to now. You see, like, actual, like, actual improvements. And quietly really good wrestling. Um, to where I think he can get the jump. Because Devin Clark, because he is a lot, fights on the outside and has that bad body language and just uncomfortable strikes, he finds himself on the outside. He gets pushed to the outside. And despite his wrestling creds, 
Like most of his stuff is from uh, double. Most of his successful takedowns are like from doubles out in the open. Sorry, I'm bench boy is laying down. Lay down, buddy. Relax. Um, it's messing with his bed. Our power doubles out in the open because against the clinch, like it's feast for famine and mainly famine for Devin Clark. I noticed like he has some of his best moments, but he also has his worst moments against the fence, right? Like his best moment last uh, fight or whatever, or the fight before last against William Knight, right? But he also has a ton of his worst moments there from like Alex Nicholson knockouts to a bunch of stuff. And if you look at it, even despite his wrestling, I noticed, which is, it sounds crazy to say, the dude has a bad habit of surrendering underhooks. He surrenders underhooks and gets turned around by people who don't even have wrestling technique. Um, and not that I'm a stats guy, but his wrestling stats aren't as impressive. They're kind of underwhelming for what you would expect or kind of associate with him. Um, and then you're like, wait, he was taken down by Anthony Smith, and Anthony Smith defended his takedowns. And I'm not crapping on Anthony Smith, but like, that's not what you would expect, you know what I'm saying? Like, Anthony Smith, on paper, should be jiu-jitsu striking all day superiority over a, a lot of fo folks like a Devin Clark, right? But wrestling would be the one thing maybe you would credit Devin Clark with. And you go watch the footage, not only does Anthony Smith take him down, he takes him down with the exact kind of Polish throw, toss variation, um, that Da Unjung, is go that's his, that's his freaking go-to. That's his go-to. Um... And if one guy does end up on the back, uh, I expect Jung to not just have more answers, but also be in less danger. Whereas Clark, not used to be on his back being a wrestler, doubt that he has really great answers there. And Jung, very active. In fact, Korean top team, very well-rounded team. And again, you guys want to talk about ground and pound. Um, really good ground and pound from that team. You look at Iron Turtle, also comes from that team, who we'll talk about here shortly. Um, even though I didn't really get too much into his fight. And Spoiler alert, I'll be picking the Iron Turtle. Uh, but that team, they, they've got some really good ground and pound. I mean, wasn't uh, Dong Young Kim back in the day as well, like a Korean top team guy? And even him, like you, you go back to the what is that, Amir Sadala. He was one of the first guys to get that early gift wrap where he gifts wrap the guy's arms like this, and then he just elbows Amir's face and forces the stoppage. Um, really good ground and pound from that team. Really underrated wrestling. So not only do I see, you know, Kim, uh, uh, sorry, Jung um, winning the stand up, making him uncomfortable and forcing shots out of Clark and being able to survive the grappling. But I actually wouldn't be surprised to see Clark get the better of the grappling, maybe even the wrestling in some instances, which sounds crazy. Maybe I'm wrong here. Maybe maybe Devin Clark goes out here and blankets him for 15 minutes. But unless that happens, I don't... Or, or, or like, you know, a... I don't want to say lucky punch, but a perfectly placed punch, let's just say. Um, I, 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 you know... I don't see him winning this fight. It's more of, does it go to decision? Which, you know, kind of worrisome hearing Jung go, I got a better gas tank and I want to show that. It's like, well, I'm glad I didn't bet the under. Um, but yeah, let's 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 finish this guy. Um, I missed the plus money boat, but minus 105 or near even money, I feel is worth the bet. I got it at minus 105, Jung inside the distance. I put 1.05 unit for a clean unit return. And then I did the... That's right, 0.17 in the house, baby. Little, little little sprinkle shot on the submission prop, uh, which was listed at plus 700, but I actually nabbed it for plus 800 uh, over at BetMGM. Um, so just a little sprinkle on that uh, in case he wraps up a submission because um, I believe two out of his three submission wins come by guillotine. He's got a really good front choke. It's a more recent addition to his game. And Devin Clark, if he gets hurt or if he's not hurt, he's going to be given that neck. He tends to give his neck a lot. Um, and get stuck in these things whether he gets tapped by him or not. Remember, I had that perfect call on pretty much how the fight was going to go exactly to a T. 
with Ryan Spann and Devin Clark. I'm getting a lot of those vibes here. So Jung inside, Jung by submission. Jung sub and Lewis KO, by the way, will be on the round robin that I'm still technically assembling. But uh, I may have the direction I may end up going in. We'll see. I'm still rounding one or two more fights that I would like to target. Um, so we'll see there. Uh, Mushroom MMA, what's up, Chronic? That's right. Mushroom, I, I, I heard from Mushroom in the Chronic Combat ch uh, Conversations chats. So David Clark impression from, you're going to fight, God damn it. Ah! I just was like, uh, that would be my goal is just to get him to go inaudible. And, like, somebody to catch a picture of, like, <laughs> me, like, with, like, a cheeky smile. Like, I just catch the bet. David Clark losing his mind. Like, orderly's about to have to start. Just to calm him down and shit. Like, that, that's what I picture. Um, speaking of power rides, are you a fan of the B team? More specifically, are you a fan of Craig Jones? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not too familiar with Craig Jones. Uh, his work, or I don't... I watch any of his stuff or his content, but obviously we're familiar. He's a really good grappler, uh, working a lot with Volcamp, um, Australian gent. Um, Karma can't wait to hear. Karma Marie, can't wait to hear how loud David Clark will be. <laughs> you and me, bo you and me both. Uh, you got, all right, we got, uh, da -da -da done. <laughs> I'm just here for the David Clark impersonation. <laughs> you gotta fight, goddammit! Uh, he's great, man. He's great. David, David Clark. Uh, we got Blagoy coming up. It is Blagoy. So uh, hold on tight, folks. We got, we got, we got Blagoy coming up next. In fact, yeah, let, let's let's get to that fight. Um, sorry, real, real quick. Kyle Johnson, DHK, was part of Team Mad with Sohee Ham, Kyung Ho Kang. Oh, there's another guy with a good ground game. And Du Ho Choi. Awesome. Kyle Johnson in the house. Appreciate you, sir. Um, yeah, speaking of Blagoy, I like Murray Ivanov. He's uh, Blagoy Ivanov. Plus 120 versus Marcin Timur Minus 140. I'm sorry. I do the goofy, over-the-top ethnic, Europe, Eastern, heavily ethnic European voice uh, for both these guys. And they're fighting each other, and it's great. And they both have bellies. And the over is Destin. It's, it's, shout out to my guy Brad Tastic. It's fatty's going to fatty all day here um you know it's funny actually so uh obviously spent a lot more time in the tour this last year and i need to get my ass back in the gym now um as i'm getting through things finally um tell stuff clears up uh one of the times i was there though i forget i was like just got done with some kind of workout and i was like tired on the mat and i look up from the mat where like the smaller cage octagon is kind of just across and, and above it and uh uh, and you can and the you can kind of lean up from the inside of the cage and look down on the main grappling mass where people are working, and that's what Blagoy was doing because I look up and all of a sudden, yup, you guessed it, Blagoy. I like boy. Even off is just like staring right at me, and immediately my head goes to the Blagoy. And before I could say it, there was a little boy right next to him. I'm like, what the fuck? Well, and then I'm like, okay, it, it, it ended up being his son. Obviously, relax, folks. It was his son. Okay. Not, don't look it through life with a creepy lens like me. Um, and then, of course, immediately I just felt awful. I'm like, and it was just like so heartwarming. He's like there working out with the sun. I'm like, I'm such an asshole. I'm like sitting over here on my podcast going, I'm like, oh, I like boy. I like good to eat me hamburger. And <laughs> he's like, he's just sitting there like just being like a good dad, like chill. Like, I don't know. Blagoy seems so, so, so cool. And I, I was laughing. I was listening to the, 
UFC Unfiltered. By the way, shout out to Phoenix Carnival. Just so awesome. Just like, you know, uh, lo- you know, love me some Matt and Jim Jim Norton, especially uh, you know older Jim Norton. Uh, eat a bullet, but my God, there's I, I've commented before the, the lack of prep work is apparent on that show, and uh, she comes in, you know, actually doing the prep work, which I appreciate, and uh, they're interviewing Blagoy, and uh, of course uh, uh, Matt kept interrupting. Uh, one of my least favorite traits of, of people interrupting interrupters I hate people interrupt and especially when they're interviewers and they're interrupters it's like that's the one thing you shouldn't do um, but uh, Matt was talking about streaming stuff with Blagoy and uh, the one thing that he was talking about was like Dulce King and like whatever like streaming things but like Matt would like cut him off and I'm like oh Blagoy was finally talking because I was like dying because like uh... and they were even laughing too because they were like doing all these setups and like, yeah, Blagoy, so you went through this uh, stuff. And it was funny because they were, they, Matt first starts off the conversation. like I, I think he heard he was stabbed and survived a knife fight or something and thought it was cool and didn't realize the story. He's like, so Blagoy, you survived the knife fight. And like he was all excited about it. And was like, Blagoy's like, yes, I almost died. What, what, what did they stab you anywhere? Serious, Blagoy? Heart. <laughs> and you could just see Matt's like, oh, so you almost died. Was in coma. <laughs> Oh, and you could just see like the tone change, like, oh shit, oh, I'm joking about this. And Phoenix came in and kind of saved the day, but it was hilarious. It was like all these like well thought like questions, like from there on out, and like, they'd be like, all right, so Blagoy, uh, da, 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 and that must have been amazing. And you know, you've trained with this guy before, right? So do you go in and and are you excited for this kind of a matchup? You know, how do you feel? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you would answer. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like, that was his answer for, like, everything. It was fucking great. It was like a Mark Hunt skit all over again. I'm like, like oh, I'm sorry. I know it's... I'm saying nothing of meaning, and I am getting all the entertainment in the world because I've built up this mythical character that's now stuck in your head. So enjoy it. The Goy Boy. Taking him for a unit. Damn, you didn't even break down the fight. Um, Speaking of bellies, uh, no, it's going to be a close fight. I was actually... Kind of surprised to see Blagoy as the underdog, and he opened at plus 155, now down at plus 120. So money is coming in on him. The action is coming on Blagoy. So I'm not wrong on there, and he is the plus money side on what's going to be a close fight. Even when I predict how Tabora could win and, and to justify why he's favored, and even if people who do support Tabora in this case, like there's no way you don't see it as being a close fight. So just by that logic, heavyweight, volatile, take the dog. Uh, but more specifically, if you look at it, Tabora, he's been a hard guy to get a beat on, but really, um, there's some weird samples in there. Like, the Spivak victory ages really well, but if you look at that fight, I I didn't go back to rewatch it for this one, admittedly, okay? But it was a really ugly fight where it looked like him and him, him and Sergey were, were fighting over for uh, rights on a North Atlantic fishing hole somewhere. Uh, you know, and they uh, <laughs> just, you know, they were like a Siberian fishing hole, you know? Like, it, it got ugly. Um... And it was just a really weird fight. And uh, he kind of goes life or death. Uh, but if you look at it, guys who he can't really out-grapple, it kind of becomes a problem. And he's 2-1 and one against the UFC-level southpaws. But again, that's Walt Harris, who I love Walt Harris, good striker. But once you get him to the ground, which is Tabora did, and he almost still got his head taken off there. Um, you know, he almost got stopped by Romanoff, even though he won that fight. And, you know, let's be honest, did he really won that fight? It probably should have been a 10-8. It should have been a draw. Not that I, I care. Uh, I think the only action I had was round one. So after the after the first round ended, I 
I made peace with the result, so it wouldn't have made a difference for me. I just, from a scoring perspective, you know, it wasn't a clear as day eight, but it was different enough to where it's like, okay, you dominate a guy, you know, and you get the ref kind of coming in and getting close there, and it's, uh, <clears throat> you know, maybe, maybe maybe an eight or so. So, anyways, the point is you can kind of pick it to Bora's record <clears throat> as underrated, you could argue it is. Um there's definitely a, a real nip and tuck path that it had to take to get there when you, when you kind of contextualize it, right? Um, whereas Blagoy, you know, a lot of his fights that he lost, you could argue that he won. But like I always say, folks, you're a cleaner counter striker who works the body like Blagoy does. You're going to find yourself on the wrong end of close scorecards. So he did. And the more and more I watch that Rogero de Lima fight, the more and more it's a clear win for Blagoy. You know, commentary. DC doesn't think so. But I think it was more DC trying to over do something that I would probably fall victim to, which is overcorrecting the steering wheel away from your guy. You know, I was kind of like that. I'd be harder on my students or the students that I liked or to show that there was no bias. I would, you know, and I, I do that all the time here, folks, right? And I always cop clean to it with you guys. Usually in four days after the fact when I realize I fucked up. But uh, again, not coming at DC. I, I just think that's where it came from. And again, not coming at DC, but probably not the best for scoring, is he, right? Um, so... Yeah, but you really watch the fight. Like, Bagoy was actually was winning the exchanges. A lot of it was just big shots that don't really land clean. And uh, when they do, you should score them. But for what it's worth, Bagoy ate them like a like cheeseburger. Okay, I take hamburger. Um, <laughs> and I love it because even, like, DC has his own, like, similar, like, he has his own similar thing on, like, Bagoy. He's like, it, was, it sounded mean. It sounded like, you know, AKA is already known for hard sparring and they get criticized for that, but... DC almost like admitted to bullying like like almost like hazing like he was like you should have seen some of the shots we would hit him with in sparring well, how are you still standing and part of me was like why are you trying to knock guys out in sparring purposely like that <laughs> Jesus Christ and DC was like is this like uh, why are you sparring Francis I spar Francis why are you doing that Bagoya? I spar Francis <laughs> like he's just like a zombie um so, yeah, uh, that being said, even though judges don't reward body work, I know what I'm getting into, folks, here by betting Blagoy Ivanov, who... How the fuck is he... How am I older than Blagoy Ivanov? How is he younger than me? He was born in 86, folks. He's 36, 37, August. Uh, over a year and change over, older than him. How? How? Um, I stab lots of times. I spar Francis puts miles on you. Um, but uh, I know what I'm getting into here, folks, but... Tabura, he's got an awkward guard. He is a little better about moving his head and blocking his head, but his belly is there all day. So honestly, um, I don't see Tabura being able to take him down. And I feel like um, Blagoy's checking shots and power lefts uh, are stuff that's hit, hit, hit him before. Again, Southpaw who can wrestle Tim Johnson, who I picked him again, who I picked and cashed in dog money against back in Zagreb. I'm um, gonna go with that same model here against a guy who's more dependable. Uh, than Tim Johnson, which is Blagoy, I like my... Plus 120. Plus 122, I got Blagoy for um, one unit. So, Mr. Mr. Ivanov, we don't serve that here? I take hamburger. Alright, we're gonna try to push the rest of the card uh, a bit faster. <laughs> Pascal Ron. My name is Blagoy. Um... General question, Dan. Do you ever look at fighters' team when considering your picks? Yep, yep. Uh, I believe that, like, you know, making those notes, like, this team does good ground to pound or trains their guys well-rounded, like the uh, Korean top team notes. Like, I'll try to fit it in there, um, you know, if it's relevant to the analysis. DFS Whispers, what's up? What's up, 
what is up to you guys? All right, we're going to go down to Duha Choi, minus 190. Kyle, the monster. The monster Nelson, plus 160. Uh, picking Choi here, but I don't like picking him in chalk. I, I probably wouldn't parlay him. I am tempted because there is still plus money uh, in some of the houses that I'm seeing um, for Choi by TKO. That's the pick here. Basically, Nelson swings a bit wide. He's gotten better with his kicks. He's gotten more aggressive with his wrestling. But I know a lot of his fights were on short notice and had extenuated excuse me, circumstances. Listen to my guy Aaron Bronstetter show, TSN MMA show. And, you know, he sounds really good heading into this fight. But I just feel like it just doesn't matter. I, uh, I, I feel like he's just one of those guys that's going to gas, you know, um, no matter how he fights, especially if he wrestles, which I could see him doing against Duho Choi. Um, I see, uh, you know, even though he's gotten better kicking the legs, Nelson shows uh, damage um, and can get hit by leg kicks. Duho Choi's gotten better. I don't know if he's gotten better or not because his sample size is so limited with his military service, folks. You know, only one fight in, what, like three or four years or something. But in that last fight, he did show um, more leg kicks. Uh, not just that, but he did that Poetan uh, Pereira thing where he does the leg kick and he almost does does the leg kick just wanting you to counter and come in on him because it sets up the left hook uh, counterbalance so perfectly. And um, we've seen him, you know, drop uh, Charles Jordan. Uh, on the back, almost on the back foot with that countering left hook off of his leg kicks. So I really like that look, and I really think that look in particular is going to do well against Kyle Nelson. Also, even though he sells out on it a bit too much with that right hand, um, timing it, timing it, kick counters. Uh, you know, uh, he, he shoots a straight, straight two down the pipe. Um, I think that's going to work beautifully against Kyle Nelson as well. Um, I think it's going to come right through his guard, right through his wide punches if he's punching. And uh, for all Nelson's improvements and strengths, you know, I don't, I don't think, I, I still think his defense is going to line up poorly with the way Choi throws. That being said, Kyle the Monster Nelson is a monster at this class. He's very dangerous. He's gotten much better in the clinch. Again, looks like he really sharpened up a lot of his wrestling and Muay Thai stuff, which I appreciate. Um, so we could see another upset here, which would be a real bummer, you know, for Choi's trajectory. Even though I believe we should have all recalibrated it at this point and should just kind of like, let's just see, this is more of a fact-finding mission. Um, but I think he gets that mission complete here. Unfortunately, if he wins the way I think he does, it's going to set him up into a bigger fight where maybe he gets the rug pulled out under him again. We get sad again. Have to recalibrate expectations again. But I think he gets the KO here. Um, deciding between that... Maybe the next fight doesn't go the distance, or like maybe using Blagoy decision or Blagoy money line um, as one of my round robin legs, folks. Um, but yeah, no official plays. Just looking at that Duho Choi TKO, if I can find it at plus money. And if I do, it'll only be in the round robin if I use it. And if I sprinkle on it, it probably won't be more than 0.33U or anything like that. Nothing too crazy. Uh, I'm not trying to get too tied into Choi. Um, next fight, I was researching just enough for stats. Didn't quite finish it, but I think I know where I'm going because I get a similar read um, as far as where the offense to defense lines up. We got Adam Fugit, thug it, plus 285. Yusaku, Yusuke Kinoshita. Uh, I don't know if it's Yusaku or Yusuke, uh, but uh, Kinoshita, minus 345. Um, again, this is ballooning too wide for me, although I don't disagree with... Uh, Kinoshita being favored. This is another one for the folks playing attention at home. If you go to uh, my grading the winners, you type these fighters' names in and grading the winners they fought on Contender Series to see what my thoughts are 
and tr- and kind of early thoughts and trajectories as a teaser, if you will, um, get a baseline for my feels and their skills. Um, check out those articles. And this is another one where uh, the matchmakers may have been listening because I only gave one name uh, who I wanted to see Kinoshita uh, fight, and I said uh, Adam Adam Fugit for for a fun action fight. And uh, hopefully I'm proven right here because the, the matchmakers seem to have done that. They matched him right up with them, and it's good. I, I, this is a Southpaw versus Southpaw matchup, folks, so this is going to be violent. Kinoshita's got a lot of those classic Southpaw shots where he can do like the Conor McGregor inside angle counter left. We saw him kind of uh, get some quick counters and real fast lefts that I think are going to be real handy for him in this fight to finish his last fight, uh, which was on the Contender Series. Um he, uh, of course, can advance off his shots coming forward as well, not just countering. He comes forward with really good blitzes, uh, strong blitzes like you would expect from a Japanese fighter who can close in a distance, where he's got really good grappling and, uh, and a submission game in his back pocket. He didn't need to go to it his last time out, um, but he does have it there. I believe he is a, a black belt or at least uh, some accolades in judo and uh, obviously doing some jiu-jitsu there for more of the MMA-ish side of it. But uh, good takedown defense because uh, Adam Fugit will uh, e- Fugit even though he's a lot of Muay Thai you could tell Southpaw Muay Thai which I like he did like Muay Thai fights before you um, came over to MMA which I appreciate him getting that experience you can see it um, but even though his head movement has flashes he really has great ideas really good things chained into him like you could tell Adam's a, a smart dude who really um, can chain things together well and executes well like just a guy I enjoy watching I could probably I could relate to a lot more, um, you know, despite, you know, despite me sharing heritage there with the Japanese fighter. Um, but uh, this guy looks a little bit more, more more relatable. So definitely not hating on Adam. But the speed, um, sometimes his head can be in that upright posture, the guard style. Uh, I, I could see um, Kinoshita piercing through it. Um, again, check my Quick Picks article to see exactly. But I, I really don't think I'm going to be changing my pick um, from what I what I saw. I'm almost done with running them through my proverbial comb too for what that's worth. So yeah, chances are you'll see Kinoshita and Fugit there. Um, part of me, because it's Southpaw versus Southpaw and it's already an action pairing, um, I want to take a look at that under at plus money and maybe either you under one and a half and uh, maybe either using the under one and a half or just as an anchor a chalk anchor uh, fight doesn't go the distance um as like a, a, a chalky ass anchor though that's minus 200 i don't like to go over that if i do have one chalky anchor piece um which is just the way i do round robins you don't have to it's not as sexy as doing all like super plus money stuff but that's just kind of where my head's at you know that under doesn't go the distance for an anchor do I maybe mix in a little bit of Duha Choi? Do I go kick for coverage with Blagoy? Do I go Blagoy plus 220 instead of plus 120 by doing Blagoy decision for the round robin? Knowing that if we don't hit it, at least we kick for coverage and we'll make that money back with a Blagoy if he cashes. Those are the things that are up for grabs on my final two round robin slots, whilst Lewis by KO and Jung by Sub will be securing spots um, in the round robin for those playing at home. I'll recap everything. I'm on for you guys uh, as we go here. Um, but the rest I'll go pretty fast because I didn't do much of the road to the UFC. I know, Dan, you're, you're Asian. You're just preaching and how important it is to look up uh, fight regional fighters. It is, and it was worth your time. Unfortunately, the UFC, it wasn't worth the UFC's time to promote it. So how the hell is it supposed to be worth any of our time or my time? Or how am I supposed to tell it to be, it's supposed to be worth your time? And I'm supposed to preach to you because 
they don't even give a shit about it, man. Which again, it's not surprising with both the content business models and just the way they traditionally treat Asian talent in general. Uh, historically, the company has. Not a surprise at all um, for all those reasons. Although, sadly, I don't even think the latter even really matters. Um, it's just that's how big of a monster they become. It's this, you know, the snake eating its own tail <clears throat> in some ways there. Um, but yeah, um, no, I just, I, I just didn't have time to do it. What was going on in Singapore and Abu Dhabi? <clears throat> Shouts to those who did. Um, I tried to share those who did because I had a feeling I wasn't going to get to it. So I shared my guy, by the way, who definitely deserves shouts on the analyst thread. Um, uh, my guy Fanyo from the fight site, who you should follow. Um, and uh, we got uh, also my guy uh, Billy Ward at, at Psycho Ward. Uh, I think there's some numbers in there, but uh, I retweeted it at Dan Tom MMA. Both those go go down. Follow both those people. Good analysts there. Uh, uh, really good analysts, I should say. Um, Fenyo and uh, dude, my guy Billy Ward for betting uh, analysis. But that you want to talk about dudes who actually did it? Billy Ward actually did it, man. He he's fought guys who have fought in the UFC, and he's out there, you know, uh, you know, sharing his insights. So he's another good uh, follow there too, my guy uh, Psycho Ward. Shout out to Billy Ward there. Um, if you guys want information for those, I do not have them. Um, I don't even know who I'm picking between this pick between Jacob Saraji, apologies if I uh, mispronounce that, and Anshul Jubilee. Um, I believe that's a fight that my guy Psycho Ward actually has a strong opinion on because he said he had a strong opinion on the pick em, right? Uh, of course, we got Lee Jiang Yang, minus 240 over Iza, plus 200. Uh, Rinya Nakamura is one I'm familiar with because he's a really good wrestler. Minus 450, uh, opposite, and he's also the only uh, other Southpaw listed on this card. Not that it matters because he's a wrestler. And Toshiomi Kazama, plus 360 comeback on him, does not have UFC-level experience, much less UFC-level Southpaw experiences to compare to. Um, so I assume the wrestler will roll. Again, did not research these fights. Hyung Sung Park, minus 190. Uh, Sungguk Choi, uh, plus 160. Uh, nothing to say there. Uh, Mandy Baum, uh, you know, I'll be rooting for her because I believe she'll have my guy Dennis Davis in the corner, plus 235. Ji Kim, minus 280. Fire Fist, you know, she's a big favorite even though she's lost four in a row, but there's arguments she wants some of those fights. Uh, closely contested, she's always game. So, you know, she'll probably win there, but who knows? We'll see. Mandy Baum, maybe she finally turns a corner. Who knows? We'll see what I end up picking, um, but I wouldn't put my opinion too seriously there, and I certainly won't be targeting the fight. Uh, or doing my uh, crazy due diligence for it, for what that's worth, just being honest. Not proud of it, just being honest. We got my guy Iron Turtle getting buried under the card with some other random matchup where that makes no sense. And, and Dennis Tulluland, I believe, is a guy who also works at Extreme Couture and seems like a fun guy. Uh, uh, plus 190, come back on him. Not trying to hate, but again, why the hell is this matchup being made? Like, we just had, a, again, we just had Iron Turtle face uh, Joseph Holmes for no reason, you know? what is the point of this? Like, again, if he wants to stay busy, fine. Or they were trying to put Korean people for the Korea car that is no longer happening in Korea. Now we're flying them all the way out to bury this guy on the prelims. It's just, it just doesn't make sense. And I feel bad not giving my attention because the prelim card that I'm skipping through, folks, is better than their main card, like per usual. But again, there's only so much time in the week. Shouts to the vivisection people who are able to somehow get through it all. Um, and um, I have to prioritize what I get paid to do, which is another reason why I hate that they're showcasing so much bullshit on main card these days. A bunch of middleweight, light heavyweight, and heavyweight slog that nobody fucking asked for. It, it's incredibly annoying. Again, 
There's no clear information that UFC give a shit about you or its or or its product or the fighters. It's just it's about making the end, and it's got us all complicit to certain degrees, varying degrees. Um, whether it's us as media covering it, you as fans voting with your dollars and supporting it, we're all complicit to it, man. They, they the UFC has really done it to themselves. You got to give them a hand from a fucking business perspective, I guess, right? They've really created that corporate ecosystem that runs itself. So fun, so colorful, so passionate, right? Yay. Um, <clears throat> there we go. We got my guy Mushroom giving his uh, picks. He's got bombed by decision. I hope that cash is free. It's probably a nice uh, number on that for a degenerate play. Um, last fight, by the way, Tatsuro Tyra minus 11.50 versus Jesus Santos Aguilar plus 7.50. I think Aguilar was on Contender Series, but I didn't look at my grading the winners yet. You guys can look them up. Um, gonna be willing to bet that I didn't say he should be matched up with Tyra. That matchup doesn't make much sense at all. But again, maybe we should be glad that they're bringing along fighters slow. But that would be probably giving them too much credit because they don't cultivate talent. Um, it seems like it's by accident when they do. So we're at the two-hour mark. Um, that does it for that breakdown. I will recap um, my meaningful picks of the fights that I really covered on Bellator and picks for UFC that I made. The rest, of course, will be finalized, and you can see on Fight Day every day at Dan Tom MMA on Twitter is mainly where you can find me. I post all that stuff. If you guys want to share this stuff, uh, tag the podcast. I'll share you guys at the PYN podcast on all social platforms. Likes and follows, subscriptions really are appreciated. I don't pollute your feed. I don't post from those things uh, a lot. I don't even post as much as I should, to be honest. I don't even do as much of that engagement bullshit as I should, to be honest. Hell, I tried to get 33 likes just to go and do this. And I think I came just shy, like 32 or something. Like, uh, believe me, folks, I'm not getting much of that. So it's appreciated. Any help is appreciated. You know, there's a lot of bullshit out there that seems to have a fucking ton of follows. Um, a lot of places that you know ask for your money. A lot of people that take your fucking money and do injustice with it. A lot of people uh, that deserve your money who actually have places for it, like the vivisection on Patreon. Whereas there's a lot of people who have fucking Patreons that fucking shouldn't probably have Patreons and are still taking your money and have no fucking shame, which is just gross. Um, at least I'm not doing that for what it's worth, folks. So you don't got to give me anything. You don't even got to do the click-throughs that pretty much is a way of supporting the show for free. But if you share your positivity, your respect, your love, those only things honestly mean the most at the end of the day, especially with, like, I can't even go to the mentions or my news feed without seeing some kind of trash that either bumps me out or just, it just sucks. So I appreciate the hell out of you guys at Dan Tom MMA, at the PYM Podcast, MixedMarshallAnalyst.com for secure PayPal links as well as the link tree at Dan Tom MMA. Uh, but MixedMarshallAnalyst.com, my website, this website that supports this year's program, uh, also has Amazon and Onnit links. If you shop at those uh, godforsaken companies, you can ease your conscience, click the link, do your shopping, and at no extra cost, small percentage of your purchase gets kicked back to this year's program. Um, and I'll do uh, read-throughs for the Amazon list on who buys what. Not really who, because it doesn't tell us who. Don't worry. Your information is saved. Or is safe. Um, but I appreciate that. Uh, hopefully we'll be getting to you know all those things soon. Oh, by the way, shout out to my guy, uh, Turmeric Saved My Ass this week. Shout out to my guy, uh, D Love, uh, Dustin Love, uh, TheTumericTonic.com if you want some turmeric ginger and lemony goodness for your soul, for your joints, for your inflammation. Maybe even your cognition, who knows? I don't know. But if you do use Protect 15, you can get 15% off of some turmeric if you want to try it. That's the turmeric. 
tonic.com. Hopefully, I'll have a link in the bio there. Um, I'm gonna recap, pick some plays, and then uh, we'll see you guys. Uh, we'll see this chat here, uh, and then I'll recap. Actually, um, our world is way too good at exploiting people for money and engagement. Yep, I hate it, and yeah. The rich get richer, the shittier get shittier. So vote with your dollars, folks. Really, I'm not political. Uh, I am. I am not. But the one thing I do believe in voting is, is with your dollars. I believe that's one of the only ways you really can vote these days. So yeah, your your dollars, your clicks. It doesn't have to be money. Clicks, attention. What you choose to give your attention to, it's a big deal. It's a commodity, and it's a commodity that's not just important, but you control that. It's one of the few things you can control. So do that. Uh, Iron Turtle inside the distance, Mushroom MMA. Uh, wishing you best of luck, sir. Krumbopolis Rosen, I must ask, uh, are there content creators in MMA who call themselves analysts that we must stay away from? I'm not going to be a hater. Um, hopefully you guys can see uh, see the ones to you know stay away from. The, uh, the engagement, the empty words, uh, the big words, the whatever. Yeah, just be careful. The only three shows I listen to, he says, are Jack Slack, PYN, and Jake Riggs. Oh, wow. Thank you. I appreciate that. That's that's fine company. And sometimes Heavy Hands. Uh, heavy Hands, you should be subscribing to them, whether you listen to them sometimes or not, because they're a fantastic show. They deserve your subscription and listenership. That's great company to be a part of. Uh, to repeat my question, Rain Lamina, earlier, if she does rematch Zhang Wei Li, what would Andrade's strategy be? Um, attack less, but attack in the same way. Chin up. And hope not to get pieced up or KO'd. You know, it's funny. I would say wrestle more, but then in the clinch is where she got pieced up. Uh, Wei Li striking, you know, I, I would, I'd have to look at it closer, but I would definitely implement um, striking there. Um, you know, w w w Wei Li is not uh, impervious there, as good as she is. A lot of her improvements seem to be wrestling, so that does seem really dangerous. Um, Although that did seem to be the kind of the uh, the go-to path, right, for Andrade now and then, because she's only continued to work on her grappling since then, Andrade. So that would be tricky. That would be tricky. Sorry, I can't give you a better answer. You know me. I gotta run through the comb um, before. Otherwise, I'm just talking out of my ass, and I don't I don't do that. I should. It'd be easier to get more money, buy more engagement. Life would be easier, less stress. But you know me. I gotta do my due diligence. Great show as usual, Dan. Thanks, brother. Appreciate you, Mushroom. Thank you. Great show from Kyle Johnson. Great show, Dan. Good luck uh, to all tomorrow night. Yes, good luck to all indeed. Thank you, Kyle Johnson. I appreciate uh, your positive and educated presence, sir. Really, really sharp stuff. Uh, lemon joints? Sounds refreshing. Yeah, we'll see. Hopefully uh, my joints don't turn into lemon here. Yeah, hey, I appreciate you guys. Give the video a like if you haven't. Again, uh, Daniel, Dan Tom MMA. I changed the URL. If you're listening in the future, 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 and Apple Podcasts, five-star ratings and reviews uh, coming to other platforms soon. I gotta follow up on my messages uh, with my uh, with my guy over there um, from Z Fight site. Uh, if I gave it away, great show from Ghost Phantom. Thank you, sir. Another analyst I respect there, Ghost Phantom. Give him a follow. All right, gonna recap. Uh, Bellator 290 taking Ryan the Masturbator, <laughs> not Victor Sex Pesta. Ryan Masturbator over uh, Fyodor Melianenko taking Johnny Edlin over uh, Anatoly Tokov. Um, I'm taking Ahmed Magomedov over Henry Corrales to complete a parlay there. That is the only action that I really took over at Bellator. That parlay, of course, those three, Eblin, Bader, Mag uh, Magomedov, uh, plus 116. I got it for you. can get it still for roughly plus 100 territory. Uh, great show as per usual, DFS Whisperer says. Thank you, sir. Appreciate you. Uh, and then we'll jump over to UFC Vegas. 
68, taking the Black Bees. Oh yeah, right of over uh, Sergey Spivac, uh, taking Da Anjang over Devin. Brown Bear, you gotta fight, goddammit! Ah, if you hurt me, uh, Clark. Wow, Dan, easy. Uh, taking, <laughs> taking Blagoy. I like mine. Marcin Dibur uh, Jesus, Dan. Taking, uh, Duha Choi over Kyle Nelson. Um, taking Kinoshita over Fugit. Taking, I don't know who I'm taking over Cheka and Unshul. Check me on, uh, at Dan Tom MMA on fight day for that pick, as well as my pick for Lee Jiang Young versus Zia Yiza. Uh, I'll probably taking Nakamura over Kazama. Um, We'll probably take Park over Choi, but again, check at Dan Tom MMA on Fight Day. Um, we'll probably go against my bias there for Bomb and pick him, but root for Bomb. But again, I'm not invested. Who knows? Who cares? And again, wait and see on Fight Day, who I post. We'll probably take Park over Tallulah in there. Uh, we'll probably take Tyra. Uh, <laughs> surprise, surprise, over Aguilar. Um, plays again, uh, round robin. I'm still constructing it. I got Lewis Ko and Jung Sub made. It just comes down to the last two. Do I go uh, under and uh, Fugit and uh, Kinoshita? Do I get a little bit of Duhoi Cho KO? Do I kick for coverage with Blagoy Boy or some Blagoy decision? I don't know. It's That will probably populate the last two of those. Of course, the Bellator parlay, I already told you guys, will be the parlay of the week here. Bar Bader, Evelyn, Magomedov, plus 116, one unit. Uh, again, I took uh, even off at plus 122, at one unit. Um Ajung, uh, inside the distance minus 105 uh, took that for 1.05 units for a clean unit return and sprinkle 17 unit point 17 U on uh, Unjung by sub plus 800 uh, Lewis Black Beast by KO plus 240 uh, threw a whole unit on that um, and that's really all I got I hope I'm probably not looking to add too much and invest too much more because I don't really want to invest in too many of these matchups so uh, I wish you guys um, the best uh, before I get out of here Meth methods on Bellator picks uh, I'll stick with the official methods on my breakdowns which my official pick was Evelyn by decision but again late stoppage especially if Evelyn gets takedowns early that's a big deal if he does then the late stoppage is palpable for any live betters out there um, and Bader by knockout but not as long it's probably gonna be a safer ground and pound by round three it was my official pick there uh, Maga Madoff versus Corrales, not sure, man. Not sure, honestly, on that one. I didn't look deep enough to even venture a method. That's all, another reason why I kick for coverage uh, on those fighters with the big price tags. Best of luck if you attack any angles, Mushroom, or anybody else. Again, thank you guys. Like, subscribe, shares. The love is appreciated. We need more positive than negative. Thank you. Enjoy. Good luck. And always protect your neck.